Hi there, I'm Zach Braff. And I'm Donald Faison. We're real-life best friends, but we met playing fake-life best friends, Turk and JD, on the sitcom Scrubs. 20 years later, we've decided to re-watch the series one episode at a time and put our memories into a podcast you can listen to at home. We're going to get all our special guest friends like Sarah Chalk, John C. McGinley, Neil Flynn, Judy Reyes. Show creator Bill Lawrence, editors, writers, and even prop masters will tell us about what inspired the series and how we became a family. You can listen to the podcast Fake Doctors, Real Friends with Zach and Donald on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. Happy New Year, Merry Christmas, all that stuff from 100 Words or Less, the podcast. I'm Ray Harkins, just hanging out on this beautiful, beautiful New Year's Day. Hopefully, you had a great celebration with friends, family, whatever it is you were into, that you were able to do it. And hopefully, the same can be said about your Christmas holiday as well. Isn't it the most wonderful time of the year? I know it's a cliche, but uh, it's true. And I am so excited to bring you the best of 2019 episode. The best of lists are always one of our our most requested podcasts. And, you know, people got mad at me this year because they were like, hey, it's December. Where's your year of list? It's like, or your your best of list. I was like, hold on, hold on. So, you know, we're all busy. Me, Joey, and Jeremy are, uh, you know, like we we got a lot of things going on. And so we were able to finally sync up, um, you know, last week. And it was was great. So as always, I have my friends, Jeremy Bohm who is the vocalist of Touche Amore, and I've known for many, many years, and we've done lists for many, many years as well. And Joey Cahill, the owner-proprietor of 6131 Records, both both of my best friends that were able to, uh, you know, just talk about music and uh, chit-chat and have all the fun stuff that we like to do. So without delaying this any further, here is the best of 2019, and uh, there will also be a corresponding Spotify playlist for those of you who uh, want to dive into the records and get exposed to new stuff, because frankly, that's why this episode exists, to get you keyed into records that you may have missed or may not have paid close attention to. That is what this whole thing's about, because basically, music, the, the most trusted recommendation engine is your friends. You know, you just lean on them and they, they tell your record and they're like, Oh yeah, actually, yeah, I want to check that out. So here we go. Best of 2019. And I will see you next week as always. Okay. Bye. So gentlemen, here we are the end of the decade and we've been doing these lists for this entire decade, right? <laughs> Uh, yeah. Yeah. What number is this on your podcast? Uh, what number episode or how like, many times? No, no. Like how many times have we done this for this podcast? Oh my gosh. This, so at least seven. And uh, then we did like, we did like four or five for first world problems. Yeah. Well, that's what I was including as well. Oh, you're so, including that? Yeah, yeah. So I think I want to say it's at least, yeah, it's, oh man. Yeah. It's at least seven. So yeah, we've been doing, yeah. So I think the first one, yeah. Best of 2011 back on January 4th, 2012. Um, and that was episode number 25. And, uh, yeah. You did 25 first world problems. Uh, no, that actually switched over. We did, uh, how many per first world problems did we do? Uh, 20, 
or wait oh no no that was the last episode of first world problems and then it switched then we we took a break from january of 2012 to april 2012 that's when (laughs) that's 100 words or less that's when i was afraid you weren't going to be my friend anymore joey (laughs) i'm so i don't know why i was so nervous to talk to you and scott to be like hey guys we haven't done a podcast in a while do you mind if i do it on my own like you guys are going to yell at me or something i'm i'm still offended (laughs) I, i i figured as much well, yeah. So we here, here we are. We're gathered here today, and I, I, it's always so funny because like if we don't post it at the general time that we usually do, people email me and are like, "Dude, are you guys not going to do that this year?" It's like, come on, guys. Like it, it'll come. Just calm down. So <laughs> like, I told, do we have anything else to do. Yeah. Like I mean, it's not like you two, it's not like you two have children. <laughs> it's not like it's not like you have a touring band you got to take care of. You have to you have to yeah. water and. And, and plant the seeds for more children to come to the next tour. Yeah, exactly. And it's also fun doing it in December when everybody's sick. So like, yeah, Joey's getting over a cold. I'm getting over a cold. So I'm normally this sexy, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it is nicer to do it in later December because then we actually have, uh, I mean, cause there are records that obviously come out in, you know, early December now, like people, it, it seems like people are releasing music later and later in the year and don't adhere to the whole, Oh, don't release music in December because no one will buy it or whatever. Yeah, well, no one buys music anyways. That's what I was about to say. It's like, that's well, true. at this point, music is so uh, throwaway that it doesn't really fucking matter anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it's so, yeah, the, the idea, like, I can't remember, there, there was a piece I was reading where it was just, you know, someone was arguing, like the, well, not arguing, but making the point. It's like, no one owns music anymore. Like, no one actually owns, you know, physical copies, obviously, or even just owns MP3s. And like, you know, because all, all three of us are nerds and we obviously still buy a ton of vinyl, it just didn't even occur to me. I'm like, oh yeah, like I'll bet you so many people like don't even, you know, you shut off the internet and all of a sudden no one has any music anymore. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder, I wonder if our record prices would awesome. go up. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah. Our, all those like early bridge nine, seven inches, all of a sudden will just like triple in value. Dude, the, uh, the, the trust and police and thieves or seven inches in general will actually be worth money again. <laughs> now, yeah. they're, now they're just worth trash. Yeah. <laughs> now they're just sitting in my garage because I don't want to bring them into the house. Cause they'll, they'll just be a, a pollutant. I have yeah. three like bins of, if there's a fire, grab these seven inches, the rest Please burn. Can't burn. <laughs> I still need to you do that. It into the fire. <laughs> I'll start the fire with these seven inches. That, that would actually be more money than you would like. You could make money, more money off the insurance than you would bringing it to a record store. <laughs> yeah. Just be like, Oh, I lost a thousand seven inches. Like, can you give me $7? They're like, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Oh man. So how, have, I, I, like, I like how apathetic this one is starting. Yeah. Fuck music. Let's go. <laughs> Turn, turn off the internet. <laughs> Seven yeah. inches are useless. We're yep. good. But how? how uh, obviously, we always talk about how our, our listening habits have changed. Because, uh, well, you, J- Jeremy, you have toured more this year than you did last year, right? Or am I crazy about Correct. that? Correct. Yeah, okay. we did. I think. Yeah. Yeah, we did. And so, uh, yeah, how have you guys, you know, have you noticed any uh, listening habit changes? Have you, uh, you know, listened to more uh, vinyl? Are you doing more Spotify than ever? What are you, what, what's your, what's your vibes? Um, my Spotify numbers are hilarious, I think, compared to most people's. Like, I saw people posting, you know, how many hours of music they listen to on their Spotify, and they're all like 30,000, 40,000. Uh, mine was six. 
So, <laughs> six hours so, or six thousand? I'm just kidding. Six thousand hours. Yeah, yeah six. Uh, six hours. Yeah. I usually use Spotify, honestly, when I'm like thinking of a bad song and I'm like, oh, what was that one song? And I like, that's how I look it up. Like I very rarely or you use Spotify. Or to FaceTime me to listen to a Dishwalla song. Yes. Yo. <laughs> Please tell me about that. <laughs> I will. And I want you to do it. I want all your listeners to do this as well. Okay. It's going to help push uh, these sales for Joey in the next couple months. So... We were talking about Renee Hartfelt, mm. which is a band that, if your listeners don't know, should go listen to. Yes. They're yes. great. And a discography is coming on 6131. So do that as well. Um, I just blew that for you, Joey. That's fine. Uh, Good announcement. On Spotify, so people pay attention, they know. Yeah. So uh, I was listening to Renee Hartfelt, and we were going over on the Lot of Speed tour, we were talking about if you were to name your five, what you think are the five best nineties alternative songs? Like if you only could choose five, what would they be? And we, and we were going, everybody was making their lists and whatever. And the subject of Dishwalla came up. And if you listen to the first song in the Renee Hartfeld record, and then you listen to counting blue cars, it's the same fucking band. Wow. You wouldn't think that. But it's Jesus Christ, there's very similar. Really? Okay. I, I can't wait to listen to that. Yeah. Cause I used to always be like, yeah, Renee Hartfeld's kind of like quicksand. It's kind of like all these like cred bands, but it's like, nah, actually they just kind of sound like dishwalla. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a, that's such a deep cut that I never would have been able to. Yeah. Pull those two together. That's great. I'm, I'm yeah. laying in bed. Like Nicole and I are watching TV. <laughs> And Jeremy texts me like, Hey, I got, I got to talk to you real quick. Can I FaceTime you? I'm just like, Oh my God. Like, what is this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If, if, if it's like the late night, I have to talk to you. It's just like, what's so urgent. And I needed to FaceTime him. Cause I just wanted to hear his, I just wanted to see the actual reaction. And, uh, I asked Nicole if it was okay. Cause she was, she was laying next to him and she's like, yeah, go right ahead. <laughs> it was great. That's great. <laughs> It's what uh, FaceTime is made for. And were you, I presume you were shocked? Like you were, you were taken aback? Yes. (laughs) Very very similar. God, I can't, I cannot wait. That's great. Yeah. So, but sorry, with the roundabout way to get back to it. Um, I still do the thing where if it's a record I really like, I download it using SoulSeek because I'm uh, from 2001. And uh, then I put it on my iPhone and that's how I listen to music. I just use like, I don't use the streaming. I just use the, so you, save you have, you have Spotify on your phone, but you just listen to your music that is actually on your phone. So yeah. Okay. Like, like you don't use the download cards. Uh, literally no one uses download cards. Yeah, I really don't because if I'm, I'll usually go on like a, I'll go on like soul seek and just like download like 30 records at a time of like stuff like, Oh yeah, I should, you know, whatever. But my iPod just fucking officially died. So, uh, oh, I don't know what I know. 2020, I have to, I have to adhere to streaming again. <sighs> Joey, to, to your point, do you, I, I presume you probably see st- quote unquote statistics in regards to people who are redeeming download cards. Like, is it like so infinitesimal? It's like it's something like five to 10% or something like of, I don't remember if it was, if it was, it might, I think it was like the Julian record, which, there's a lot out there and it's like no one, no redemptions. No. Yeah. Because I mean, but if you don't put them then everyone's like, 
Where's the download? Yeah, there's six people that want them, and right. they're the loudest people on the internet. <laughs> yeah, the vocal minority. Yep. Yeah, I just usually just, like, anytime I do find one, I just put it on Instagram. That's just, like, my stories where I'm like, hey, here you go. You want a record? Yeah. I, otherwise, I just don't. Yeah, it's like if I either own it physically from a piece of vinyl, um, I just don't because I mean, I still have like a two external hard drives of, you know, iTunes music or whatever. But it's like that stuff is usually the things that it's like, you know, I can't find anymore or just like completely irrelevant. Like, oh, dude, you know, I I, I need the swing set in June demo or it's like it's just dumb stuff that no one cares about. I went through I still have one like T-shirt box of CDs that I can't get rid of, but I went through every other CD and just put them on a hard drive and then sold them for less than seven inches. And <laughs> like, but like I have them, I mean, I'll never do anything with them, but yeah, here's, it's funny. You talking about giving away the download codes. This is how fucking stupid I am in my brain. I'm like, there's going to come a time where selling, if I was to sell a record, the value will be higher because I have the working download code as an insert. People on on Discogs will hit me up and be like, hey, does this record still have the download code? Really? See? People have asked yeah. me that? Wow. Yeah, yeah, fucked up, right? You just lost like 70 cents on each one of your... I did, uh, dude. <laughs> Damn, dude. I can't... No, you can say your record is near mint. Now it's uh, very good. Yeah, now, now I can't sell my, uh, my, my Run Forever LP or whatever. <laughs> I don't know why I just thought of that, but... <laughs> Maybe, maybe because I was I was recently sorting through my LPs where I'm just like I don't need that anymore. But well, so what, what? What about you, Joey? Have you uh, noticed any change in your listening behavior? Yeah, I mean, I still I wouldn't say primarily Spotify, but especially with kids, we listen to a lot of fun stuff in the car. But I think this year I probably listen to more vinyl because I started that Instagram account where I'm listening to all my records. So oh, yeah. shout I'm, out, your, shout out your your user handle, please. All of my LPs. Great follow. Um, and uh, started at A, and I'm going through alphabetically. So it's a very specific record I listen to each day. But I try, if I'm home, I try to listen to it on vinyl. Because Have you had days where you're like, Jesus Christ, I'm not in the mood for this. Hundred <laughs> percent. Well, dude, I love I love how you're. I mean, you're on Converge right now, so the ho- nothing nothing says the holidays like Converge. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I actually, Absolutely. I did something. Is it crazy? I, Go ahead. Sorry. I was just saying, I did something fun to your to the same idea of what you're talking about, where I basically just had my son come into the to the record room, my office, and just pull random records, and then I listened to them. And some of them were just like, "Wow, okay, uh, comeback kid," and uh, you know, I haven't listened to the first comeback kid record in forever, but like, it, it does force you to be like, "Oh, yeah. that actually is still pretty good." It's it's also like, I mean, part of this project was being like, I have too many damn records, and be like. I pull out a record. I listen to be like, nope. And it's like, I've, I've, it's a good way to thin the herd. Yeah. I thought about, uh, just for, (laughs) I was like in 2020, should I start in all of my seven inches thing? And just, (sighs) it just also, it's incredible. Have you thought about how you're at the end of the year and you just got to like the mid seas? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, this would be like two, three years. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just, just think about like, I, I was recently looking at my, you know, Excel grid of records and I'm like, I have over 2,600 LPs. So just do the math on that 365 days a year. And it's like, wow. Yeah. yeah you're in for a I'm, multi-year project. About a year from now, maybe even around Christmas, which will be fun. I'll uh, be in the, the month of fucked up records. Cause I've got about 30, <laughs> no. fucked up 12 inches for LPs. Jesus Christ. Yeah. 
We're gonna lose some followers that time. Oh my god, dude! Yeah, that's when you just turned up to like a, a fucked up fan account. People were like, "What is this guy? This is ridiculous." Yeah. Just change your handle to all of my fucked up LPs. <laughs> yeah, just for that month. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's incredible. Uh, so you, you? if I start the all of my seven inches one, I'll lose all my followers because uh, I still I think have like twelve Brian Adams seven inches, and that'll start that'll start right out the gate. It's Dude. like ah oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, people are like uh, wow, this this guy's cool. Really not going to follow him anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, wow. It's like it's, it's if I'm if it's like if I'm being genuine, I have to put them in there because I do still own them. But it's yeah. just because I don't think they're going to go for very much money right now. And <laughs> yeah, just like I still have, I still feel guilty about putting any music in the trash. Like it just it's that thing where you're like, Ugh. it just I you know a long time ago I had this thought about I wonder if there's like an environmental way to discard vinyl to like help build housing <laughs> like yeah maybe there's some chemical agent that could be made to make some sort of like wall interior because i mean there are just so many records that are just in thrift stores or record labels never sold so they're just sitting on a pallet of yep. these yep. and it's like man these would go, like it's it's so much space on planet earth and it's probably made of such toxic chemicals like is there a way we can use this to build housing for people yeah turn it into actually like actual fuel yeah exactly yeah <laughs> yeah because this is made out of oil so technically we could just turn this back like hey maybe we can reduce our oil dependency here in america by just turning all of our record collections <laughs> all our seven inch yeah. collections it's like when, when bands would go to restaurants and get like the vegetable oil to firm their veins is like yeah melt melt vinyl yeah yeah can you imagine all of the uh, thrift stores that um we can just supply all the fuel for all the burt Bacharach records that are just chilling <laughs> dude yeah <laughs> especially too because it's like the you have to look at the ebb and flow of how obviously this medium has gone where it's like you know at one point they're pressing hundreds and thousands you know burt Bacharach. it's like they're they could not print enough of those <laughs> they just had right. so many and then now it's like oh yeah and so yeah i definitely look in my uh, i don't have them anymore but you know when i pr- uh, when i pressed up the uh, palpatine seven inch i had about 400 of those uh just just sitting in there in my closet and i was like finally i just ended up throwing them away but you yeah it's yeah. a heartbreaking thing so if any listener wants to steal my idea and become that person, uh, at least kick me down some money. But that's my, that's my, that's how I, uh, that's how it's sure for, for vinyl. <laughs> well, I think, I think we can all be on the board of advisors when a tech company, um, you know, decides to sweep, swoop, swoop in on that idea. So yeah, there, there we you go. go. There we go. Uh, you were asking me, Joey, my listening habit. I definitely, I, th- I mean, I, because I work from home four days a week, I still, it's, I wouldn't say it's like a 50 50 split between digital and vinyl, but I definitely listened to a lot more vinyl this year, even though I think to your point, Jeremy, of what you were saying in regards to how many hours you listened, I think I want to say I was around like, I don't know, 14 or 15,000. But again, because that's also like, you know, as Joey can attest, where your playlists get, uh, you know, even if you have separate profiles for like your kids or whatever, your playlists get pretty corrupted. Where I'm just like, oh, okay, we're listening to Mary Poppins for six months. Like, and so I got Mary Poppins and then I've got uh, Snapcase in the same playlist. Like, what is this? But it's, uh, yeah, my, it, it's my, uh, my 2019 Spotify playlist that they make for you is wild. <laughs> totally. It's wild. Yeah. Yeah, so is mine because most of the shit I'm looking up is stuff that I think sucks. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure so they're like, like oh. what is this guy doing? Yeah. 
it's oh, like there's no co- there's yeah. no coherent reason that this this would uh, link together. But then I I also it, like I meet uh, you know civilians and people who just listen to music on like YouTube, which is insane. But it's like oh yeah, and they, but they don't like they don't even you know they don't they don't pay for any sort of service whatsoever. They're just like oh yeah, like I go to the gym and just like put on a YouTube playlist. And it's like that's liter- what so many commercials. Yeah. Jesus. I know. And it's like, I, but you know, it's like people that just want to listen to, you know, whatever slipknot playlist of just like, you know, bands that ran or just, you know, 10 slipknot videos in a row or whatever. But it's like, I, all right, I guess that's how people consume music these days. Yeah. Yeah. True. Well, let's, uh, you want to get to your, uh, our lists, our top 10 are the basically the best records, the most definitive lists that exists on the internet. Yeah. Well, <laughs> When we started, when we started talking, there was like a level of apathy between Joey and I. What's what's your level of apathy with with music this year? I I actually was pretty. Uh, I, I mean, there there was a lot. I, I did have a lot of records to kind of sort through. Um, so really? I, I yeah, I was pleased. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like there are there are many records that I would expect to make my list that didn't that I'm putting just in sort of an honorable mentions category, but. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I was I was pleased with music overall this year. I would say my my top five is pretty like those records. I was like, okay, those are going to be in my top ten. The bottom five, I could probably you know tomorrow switch those five out with five more records. There just weren't like ten records that I absolutely loved. And then maybe that's not that's not entirely true. I guess I love all these records, but like there was nothing like you know. There's years where there's like essentials and it's like every it's like just yeah like record after record like fuck another this record this like whereas this year was just like uh, like i can put together 10 they're just it's just kind of like a eh kind of feel yeah sort of similar i think i just had literally 10 albums that i liked so it's just a matter of putting them in order <laughs> That, I guess that's a little bit easier than sorting yeah, it through. Was, like straight up, it was the easiest year to make my list where I was like, I can't think of another album that I listen to more than a week. Like I, I don't know if that's me or I, or if that's music or, I mean, I know for a fact I liked movies way more than music this year. So like they left such a more bigger impression with me than, than music. I'm, I'm looking at my, cause I just, if there's a record I like, like I'll put it on, on the list of my phone. And I'm looking at it now and it's like, there's like maybe actually one or two records that I guess could make my list. And the rest were just like, Oh yeah, that record came out. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, totally. I, I found myself getting into loops with records though, where it was like, there, there were times where I just like, I just listened to one record for a couple of weeks in a row where it was like, I just cut, you know, maybe I would switch it up you know, I'd listen to, you know, another record or two, but then I would always end up going back to it. Or that's like the first record that I would listen to every single day. And so I found myself getting in ruts and like, not in a bad rut, but just in like, Oh, I'm going to toss this on again. Yeah. Cool. Well, should we, uh, should we start this shit? Let's do it. Number, uh, number 10 and we'll, we'll ping pong it around. Like we always do. How about, uh, you know, yeah, I feel like I never, I feel like Ray never starts. Okay. I can start. That's true. I always, I always just look at you guys in this beautiful, camera that we have on our computers all right well my number 10 record <clears throat> is uh you guys familiar with the band magnitude hardcore band from north carolina oh, yeah. straight edge hardcore um, band i'm playing with them in february that's They're, about as much as i know and i'm so jealous that you're playing that show that's gonna be so much fun dude 
I'm pretty psyched about it. It's it like when Scott from Earth Crisis, like when Sect played out here, he was telling me about yeah. the plans for that, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is going to be incredible. Anyways, yeah, it was super nice because they announced the show, like the or that they were doing it, and I was like, holy fuck, I'm so excited for that show. And then the next day, Andrew from Strife texted me and was like, would Hesitation Wounds have any interest in playing the show? I was like, ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's funny because. Touche starts recording February 17th, the Monday, that Monday. And so that those shows are over that following weekend. But I was like, I, I'm not going to say no to this. Like, I'm, I have to fucking play these shows. Nope. So no way. I'm going to be wiped, but I have to do it. <laughs> you got to. Yeah. Have to. Yeah. That is your literal duty. Yes. Yes. I agree. Well, yeah. Magnitude released a record called to whatever fateful end. I, love this record so much it was probably like my most i guess played like quote-unquote hardcore record of the year and that's why i put it on here um because cool. <clears throat> i mean there was a lot of like cool like that one step closer ep that came out was really good but that was just an ep um but magnitude brought me back to the feeling of when i first started to listen to new age record stuff like you know mean season outspoken like and i just it's, was like it just reminded me of like trial like old trial yeah totally it has every like you can name any band from the you know like 96 to 99 and there's elements of mag or there's elements of those bands in magnitude and so i just it just made me really happy um i was bummed because i missed that the band played program i don't know a couple months ago and i was uh traveling so i couldn't see him but um just a really they good from, they from california north carolina Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, straight edge, vegan, straight edge, like the literal epitome of what New Age Records <laughs> was. Even though they, this came out on Triple B, but um, yeah, Did that's you, awesome. You like the and LP, North Joey? Carolina fits in with the uh, the label. I can't think of what it's called. Catalyst Records. No, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> Tribunal. Tribunal. Yes, yes. But you, you, I presume you've listened to the record, Joey. Oh yeah, it's really good. It's fun. It was- yeah, there weren't a ton of hardcore records that I was like super into this year, but that was one of the ones that I enjoyed a lot. Yeah, especially from a full length perspective. Like there were a bunch of solid EPs in my mind, yeah. but nothing like really, you know, took took the crown. But what's your uh, what's your number ten, Joey? What do you got? <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I feel like this is kind of cheating, and which is why it's my number ten. Um, but well, we, called- as you as you know, we write our own rules here. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's not really cheating, but I'll, you know, um, number it's calling green blink One Eighty Two's dude ranch is played by calling green. I don't know if either of you heard this. No, what the hell are you talking about? Oh, call, calling green is like a, like a lo-fi, like in your her, but I didn't know about she it. She put out a record. It was on Bandcamp and cassette only of her playing dude ranch. <laughs> it's, it was recorded on a four track. She plays bass. And so it's only as bass and her singing sometimes with like dual vocals, like it's fucking incredible. Oh, wow. <laughs> and it's it like, it's Does real. It make, well. come off as good. I'm, right. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> You're in the minority here, my friend. <laughs> watch, yeah. watch, you, like, watch those words. I will you have to like dude ranch. You have to like dude ranch. I will literally go down fighting. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> but, um, well then for Ray, like, <laughs> yes, please tell me more. Like, uh, I mean, it sounds like Dude Ranch, but really slow and with just like a bass, like slowly playing along. Like, it's so good. Interesting. Like, it's what, and it's like, oh, Dude Ranch is that good where all you need is 
vocals and a bass guitar and it just shows like how like universal this record is how timeless the songs are yeah yeah and it's (laughs) i just i i want to say more superlatives about dude ranch just to watch jeremy go you guys are idiots you guys are adults (laughs) you should listen you should listen to this record jeremy okay i don't think you'll like it but you should still listen to it (laughs) (laughs) i I am Uh, so like i mean do the songs uh like they sound do they, they sound, they sound exactly anything like it or is it just like they bring a whole like, new light? Oh, really? Okay. It's the exact same melody, like vocal wise. Okay. Just slowed down. I mean, the record's like 40 something minutes long. Wow. And all 15 songs. And it's great. It's great. Sign me up. I'll listen to it. Yeah. But yeah it's yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> What's your number 10, Jeremy? <laughs> <laughs> it's probably the angels and airways record. <laughs> Uh, the record didn't come out. Right? I know. I'm just, I'm sorry. That was just an easy, easy joke. Uh, my number 10 record, Joey, <laughs> is the Colleen Green Blink-182. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's, uh, it's uh, Bad Books, uh, uh, the third record. Because they are just one, two. So this is the third record. Uh, um yeah, I'm a huge fan of Andy Hall, and I'm a huge fan of Kevin Devine. And you put them uh, on a record together, and I'm going to listen to it. Um, and you'll love it. And I'll love it. There's uh, there's some really good songs. This is the most stripped down record because uh, normally it's like super full band, but this is more just sort of acoustic-y. I don't know if you guys listen to this record at all, but I actually like it a lot because the the quieter songs on the first two records were always my favorite songs. Yeah, and so I appreciate I like that about this record. Yeah, it's uh, it's got some of my favorite bad book songs, and uh, yeah, so I just uh, I came back to it. It stayed on my phone all year, so uh, <laughs> I I listened to it, you know, uh, while I took a lot of walks on tours. So yeah, it's my number ten. <laughs> nice bad books, great record. I did I, I did listen to this record just because I mean I always like like as you guys know I always do a uh, you know oh my gosh you know. Some of my best friends really like Manchester Orchestra, <laughs> so I, I always try to get fi- find my way into them. I know you're wearing the shirt as we speak, and so yeah. I listened to the record. I liked it. I mean, it was uh, it, it definitely. I found myself listening to this record more than any of the previous like bad book stuff. So that's good. If you, I mean, the sec. I feel like the second record is outstanding. Um, you ever have the inkling to go back? Yeah. I feel like the second one is stayed with me kind of the longest. So okay. yeah, the third, the third one's good. It's fucking like the second blink record. Like it just, yeah, just sticks with you, dude. Is that Cheshire cat? I mean, technically, but this yeah. first book sucks. So I count dude ranchers. The second Did I record. just blow your mind that I knew some blink knowledge? No, you worked at a record store. Of course not, dude. Boot it. Boot is not a real <laughs> like first one of the largest life. bands in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, one of the most commercially <laughs> I, successful. I this deep cut Blink-182 knowledge that not a lot of fans know. <laughs> you know, they happen to have multiple records before Dude Ranch. Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys know Enema of the State is not their first LP? Travis Barker was not originally in the band, bro. <laughs> I fucking loved how many people needed to have it explained why their last album was called Nine. Yeah. <sighs> I was like... I think this band honks and I knew I, I immediately fucking knew why it was called nine. Yeah. Like how fucking dim are people? Jesus Christ. <sighs> what does this, what does this mean? Easily, easy to ignore. Oh shit, Joey. I hope I didn't blow it. Is nine your number one? <laughs> shit. 
Uh, we'll come back to it. Yeah. It? Right. Redo your list, Joey. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, fucking, throw it to either of us for number uh, nine. I'm just going to keep it boring. I'm going to go. I'm going to go Ray. That's fine. <laughs> this, uh, I was surprised that I put this, but I kept listening to this record constantly. And I know Joey is very familiar with the band, uh, better off, which, uh, the, yeah. So better off released a record called reap what you sow. Um, it, this was basically like, and it, it pains me to say, and this is a little bit of a spoiler alert. I did not put Jimmy at world's record in my top 10, even I though, like. and I, 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 the record's really good, but yeah. to me, this better off record was just, just, it was the catchiest thing as far as the whole sort of like middle of the road, rock, emo pop, whatever you want to call it. But my God, like the band always knows how to write good hooks. They haven't put out a record since 2015. Um, and I just, I was shocked because I was just like, ah, like zero expectations. Like whatever, I'll listen to this. Oh, oh geez. Oh wow. And then I think, I think a rune from saves a day recorded this, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so interesting. I didn't even know it was coming out. It just kind of seemed like it, it did. Yeah. Cause I think they put it out themselves. Like it was very much like they, you know, they're, they're one of those bands now that plays like one or two shows a year, like, you know, or they just don't do very much because they had some issues a few years, a few years back. They did. They did have some issues. Yes. Um, so, but they're, what were, you, what were you saying, Jeremy? Are they from Nashville? Yeah. They're, well, I think uh, most of them are. Um, I just assume cause that's where I know, I know where Rune lives there. So I just, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, they just yeah. release this themselves, and that just—it is a damn yeah, for, good record. I need to listen to it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's my number nine. And uh, how about you, Jeremy? I'm just throw it right back at you. <sighs> okay. <laughs> I was really excited to hear Joey's number nine, but I guess I'll go. Um, <laughs> uh, my number nine is uh, the Lot of Speed record, Panorama. Um, I this is one of those things where I just got off tour with them and hearing those songs every night is what solidified it in my list. Um, those, you know, they're all, they're some of my oldest friends in the world. Um, and I did like the record when I first heard it, but it took me a minute to warm up to it. Um, and I say that with love and I would say that to any of them about it. Um, the mixing of the record kind of threw me off when I first heard it because I felt like Jordan's vocals were kind of buried where I feel like for most lot of speed fans, like not to take any away from the musicianship, but like they're going in to join the story of whatever, you know, Jordan's singing about. Um, so I, I had kind of a harder time connecting with the record immediately because I couldn't really make out a lot of the vocals. Um, but then as I got to, you know, obviously experience these songs live night after night, like it really, really brought together how much the musicianship on it is fucking awesome. And, uh, so now I genuinely love the record and I can listen to it constantly, um, which I have been doing since, uh, we got off tour, but, uh, so yeah, that's, uh, where would you, where, where would you stack it up? Cause I, I, I've tried, I've been, I enjoy the record as well. Yeah. It, it did not make my list, but it definitely, yeah. I was trying to place it in, yeah, in the context of where their whole, like, you know, their whole catalog was. So I don't know if you have an opinion on that. Uh, like if I was to rent, put in my ranking, mm-hmm. oh, it would, I mean, it would still, and it's one of those things where when you have put out great records 
it's it's like ranking Tarantino movies where you're like, well, yeah, it's sure. hard to like kind of place where like even if it's at the bottom, it's still a good record, mm-hmm. you know? Totally. Uh, so I mean, it's tough to say because it's still kind of new, but like it's one of those things where their first record that somewhere record. Um, I don't find myself going back to that record a lot because I like the progression that that band made, but I can't deny some of the songs on that record are fucking great. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. It's like, you know, that'd be like their reservoir dogs where it's like, yeah, it's like, (laughs) yeah, it's, you can tell that it's them being young, but it's, you know, it doesn't, it's still a good record. It's still, you know, fun record or whatever. Um, yeah, I think, I don't know. I'd, I'd probably put it third in my list. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wildlife, uh, wildlife is still my own personal favorite. I just did that record. Just, I, I couldn't even believe what they did with that. I mean, everything they've done subsequently is, you know, really, really good as well. But that one just really, that, that captured my attention for them forever. And it's funny. I would, I could agree with that where I think I would put wildlife as number one, but I think my favorite songs are on rooms of a house, but there's more songs on wildlife that I like, but my favorite songs are on rooms. You know, it's one of the <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. Um, so yeah. Uh, but I feel like if, if there's people that maybe didn't fully connect with panorama, like the first time to revisit it. And maybe it's also a record that I feel like if you start not at track one, but maybe start at like track six and just sort of shuffle around, it works in that way too, where I feel like some of the later songs on the record are some of the best. Nice. So yeah, there you go. My number nine, a lot of dispute. Nice. Radical. Joey. Uh, number nine, Blink-182, nine. I'm kidding. Oh, I was like, oh, holy crap, dude. That was a strong move, dude. <laughs> I was about to log off. <laughs> no, uh, number, number nine is Charlie Collins, Snow Pine. Uh, she's an artist from Australia. Um, Are you exclusive female artist this year for your top ten? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> no, very close. <laughs> what about white three point shooters? <laughs> uh, Kyle Corver did not make my list this okay. year. All right, all right. Um, no, um, it's regular. It's like it sounds like if like War on Drugs or Tom Petty made like a country influence record. Um, it's super good. It's I'm, just I'm, listen- I'm listening. I'm listening. Tell me more. Uh, tell me more. Marketing sticker. um it's just it's it's really catchy it's just really well done i keep it's one of those records that came out i think in like i don't know six months ago and i just would keep going back to it so when it was like it came to the list time i was like well this is a record i listened to a lot so who put it out it's also uh some label in australia it's not even you were so you were so keyed into the australia scene too i really it's insane there's something in the water down there um but uh well the toilet the toilets flush the opposite direction exactly i think, that, I think okay. that's what it is yeah uh, it's and it's i think part of me this is what i wanted the new jenny lewis record to sound like in a ways and it didn't cause yeah because it's not very good but um <laughs> isn't that yeah. is it honestly i mean uh, i'm glad you said that because that's like like what i was talking about with the better off record where it's like it's so interesting where when you know and i think this comes like well obviously once you're old like us you're able to kind of like listen to bands that you've loved forever but then listen to a newer band and kind of be like oh well like this band it's like they're not better than you know like better yeah. off is not better than jimmy world or you know what you're talking about with jenny lewis but it's like oh like this kind of gave me the feeling that i wanted with this record or whatever yeah um so yeah 
So sorry, Jenny Lewis. Charlie Collins got your spot. <laughs> Burn. I think I think she may uh next time you travel to Los Angeles, she may have some words for you, dude. <coughs> Which you'd be okay with. <laughs> yeah. Isn't she going on tour with a with like that huge pop star? Yeah, Harry uh, Styles. Yeah, wow. Oh she, dude, she is yeah. a, a full US arena tour. Oh my gosh, yeah. that's wild. With his whole aesthetic for this record and like her aesthetic for her record, like it's a good, it's a good pairing. Yeah, that makes and sense. You know what? Get that money. Totally. Get yeah. That. Well, there she's like, she, she's used like to one it. One or two songs on that Jenny Lewis record that I thought were like pretty okay, but I just can't really connect with uh, the amount of party references constantly. Yeah. There's like, some, there's like three or four like legit great songs. Yeah. But. Just not a, not enough, and yeah, it's a very like party party vibe record. Really? Yeah, like party, like Miley Cyrus party in the USA sort of oh, thing. No, like lyrically, like, it's all like about like. I mean, there's a song called like Red Bull and Hennessy was a single was a single. Yeah, it's just it's just stuff that I feel like us three sober, fucking boring people can't connect with. You know, it's like we didn't live that life, and. She has, and that's cool. Like we're the fucking awkward ones, but you know, it's like uh, it's like why I didn't fully always connect with a lot of like the no idea drunk punk stuff because it's like, yeah, some of that stuff is fun, but like overall, it's like I don't connect with this, you know? Right. So, yeah. In the same way that uh, yeah, Judge Judge connects with us. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't know why. I was like that was just a no idea thing, and yeah, but. <laughs> Obviously not, uh, or, or I was going to say Earth Crisis, The Discipline. That's obviously another straight edge reference. But now, now this war has two sides, Ray. Yes. Now this war has two sides. Ultra, <laughs> ultra militant. Um, anyways, Charlie Collins, everyone should listen to that record. It's on online. Rockabilia.com is the best place to buy your merch and use the code PC100Words. That's the number 100, and that gets you 15% off of your order. They actually, I decided to do a little project. I wanted to find some of my favorite pieces of merch on their site. And actually, uh, there's a ton of stuff. So I was able to whittle it down to one. I love Mastodon. Mastodon is one of my favorite bands, just doing the thing. And their artwork is always incredible. So uh, dive on to their web store because they have, one of my favorite records from them is a record called Leviathan. And they have the album art on a shirt. And, you know, it granted this is a little bit cheating because it's a you know hearkening back to a to a shirt that was you know first manufactured maybe some 15 years ago but uh it's timeless so and plus mastodon's new merch that they have up there they have an amazing ugly sweater that uh you know you can still buy for the uh, the next holidays but uh i love rockabilia all officially licensed they pay out the bands it's the real deal and it's high quality merch. Like they're not giving you some horrible thing where you're going to wash once and the design fades off and then you're just left with a blank t-shirt and no one wants that. So rockabilia.com PC 100 words is the code 15% off. And thank you rockabilia for your continued support. I love the company and so should you. All right. Now back to the best of episode. Number eight is, um, the FKA twigs record Magdalene. Okay. Which, you and you and I, you and Pitchfork and Stereo Gum and have you? It's I haven't. I haven't listened. So to good. To it. Um, it's like uh, she's British. Kind of. It's like Lord adjacent. Like Jack Antonoff produces a song, um, but like kind of like 
reminds me of like Bjork sometimes, but then it's like how like when Aaliyah came out and like Timbaland was doing all her beats and they were like super weird for like nineties R and B. It's like that today. So it's, it's like a super fucking weird record, but it's like, <laughs> calling it an R and B record. Isn't fair calling it like an, I don't know what, like an electronic record is not fair. It's just, it's all over the place and it's super good. Like I never thought I would something I would listen to or like enjoy. And then, I randomly I saw Jack Antonoff produced a song and I love Bleachers, and it's like the one song that features on that song and it's super good and it's great and I keep listening to it and yeah you got it the internet Stick loves it. it the internet, the internet does internet. love it yeah there's uh, there's certain artists that uh, I don't like when I see how much coverage something is getting I, in my back of my mind I'm like I should give that a listen and then I just find myself forgetting to uh fka twigs was so big with the first with that first record and i just I've never yeah, heard kind of checking out what's that i've never heard the first record oh, I, i'm sure you'd like it because i know it was just as big as this one <laughs> like i feel like if, if both of you would either really enjoy this or absolutely hate it i don't know where you'll fall but it would be probably one of those two not like oh it's fine yeah it inspires a reaction i always kind of put put this artist in the same like with Solange where it's one of those things where it's like it's just really ambitious like got a million ideas they're throwing everything at the wall and you know some of it is really good and I think a lot of people gravitate towards artists like that like in the same it's like you know Die Antwoord or whatever it's like people appreciate these artists taking like really weird really big swings yeah and what's nice about it is the record's only I don't remember. It's eight or nine songs. So it's not like you're not in it for the long haul kind of thing. Where like, I mean, it's, you know, 35 minutes, but it's like she took the ideas, filtered it down to a, a solid just record and just like, yeah, got it. you're not, you're not fully committed to like, you know, yeah, 75 minutes of music. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, that's good. Well, yeah. Cause that, I mean, that makes it a little more daunting when you're just like, Oh cool. This really hyped record is a you know, like, double LP or whatever. Another record that almost been on my list was that Denzel Curry record zoo. And it's, it's like a 30 minute hip hop record. And it's like, it's perfect. Cause you just, you're in and you're out. It's 12 songs with like two skits. And yeah, I feel like that's just a product of everyone understanding attention spans of young people. There's, I don't feel like, I feel like, to have a big artist these days try to put out a record that's more than that hits double digits is probably like as in 10 songs is probably going to like not happen as much anymore. Mm-hmm. Which, which is strange. Yeah, the LP, it's like all about singles and yeah. you know, playlisting and, yeah. and whatnot. Um, it doesn't matter yeah. that the form in which you're like, cause like the, honestly you, you mentioning that the Denzel Curry record was like the skew, the schoolboy Q record was, you know, I, I listened to that a decent amount, but it's like, I mean, that's like 14, 15 songs. There's like a lot of skits on there, but it just, it felt, it felt long. And I didn't, I, there were many times I didn't finish the record, but it was like, yeah, if they, you know, tighten that up to where it was like, you know, 40 minutes, it's like, Oh yeah, I probably would get through that. Which is, you know, it's like when people were like, you know, I guess when CDs are more of a thing and it's like, Oh, a double CD, like people are like, Oh shit, I can spend, you know, a little bit more and get, uh, you know, almost two hours of music. Like that's great. And like today it's like, no one wants that. <laughs> no one wants yeah. That. Yeah. No one wants a Titanic VA double VHS band. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That was a blockbuster reference, you know, 
<laughs> um, all right. No, let's see. We'll, Ray. Yes. Right. <clears throat> this this record also surprised me. Uh, are you guys familiar with uh, Purple Mountains or the? Uh, yeah. Okay. So David Berman, the guy from yeah, yeah from Silver Jews. Uh, so yeah, Purple Mountains self titled record. And for those that don't know the story, like he uh, he committed suicide about like less than two months after this record came out. Um, this is he's in this band. It's his project. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And like I, Silver Juice is one of those things where I listened to it like you know whatever when we worked at Bionic or when all of us worked at record stores. Um, I listened to it. and I was like, that's yeah, okay. Like there was nothing that really like grabbed me. And then um, this record came out, and I, I I can't remember if it was I listened to an interview with him. He was do, doing a little press for the record, and I listened to it. I was just like, God, this is so. It reminds me. It's like you know, kind of like Craig Finn, Hold Steady, mixed with like. Uh, like just you know insanely depressing lyrics like honestly not too dissimilar to like a you know mark kozlik where it's just kind of like stream of consciousness stuff it's a little bit tighter than mike kozlik or mark kozlik because you know he just rambles for like 40 minutes and you know jeremy and i buy every single one of his records um but it's just it is just a beautiful record like from a sort of you know country alt perspective but then mixed yeah there you go there's a mark kozlik record yeah sign us up dude yeah and that we did get the rough trade version <sighs> of course uh, yeah limited to 300 copies there you go got uh, mine too yep of course yeah. um yeah. do it <laughs> yeah no i'll just I'll, I'll put that on my wall of <laughs> mark Goslick records yeah. and splits I'm, I'm, I'm not looking forward to uh when i get to the k's on my uh, instagram because there's gonna be a bunch of records i'm listening to for the first time <laughs> <laughs> dude little little drummer boy live four lp <laughs> Just yo, but straight, yeah, about that Purple Mountains record, like I got into it after so many, like I had a few friends really pushing me towards it. And I, so hearing it after the fact he's, he took his life, it's a fucking hard listen, even though the songs are like really a lot of upbeat, kind of like they're fun sounding, really devastating songs. And it, it definitely makes you feel weird when you listen to them because you're no, because you know the outcome, but it's a great record. It is a really good record, but definitely has a strong level of heaviness. Once you, you know, know the end of that chapter. Well, Well, it was like last, last year I had that master system record on my top 10, which was Scott from frightened rabbits. And it was, Mm, yeah, I didn't really get into rabbits or master system until after he passed away. And it's like, then you listen to it and it's just like, yeah, I totally get it. Where it's just like, Yep. Super heavy. And then knowing the outcome doesn't make it any easier to listen to. Like, no. Well, the, what was it? That the Mount Erie record where he was writing, you know, he wrote about his wife dying of cancer. And it's just the same thing where it's like, you know, I mean, he obviously was doing that to sort of exercise what he was going through. But yeah, I mean, it's like the second song on this record is called All My Happiness Is Gone. And it's just like that tells you all that you need to know. But it's like, I couldn't, you know, I, I, as much as I felt the weight, the emotional weight of it, it was still uh, such a powerful record that I, you know, I just listened to it a lot, even with all the, you know, sadness that was surrounded by it. But yeah, really, really good record. So great. Yeah. That's my number eight. And Jeremy, what's your number eight? My number eight is the Bell and Sebastian uh, Days of uh, Bag Old Summer, however you say that. Um, I mean, it's, uh, this is like a no brainer for me. It's like a Bell and Sebastian put out a record. Like, yeah, I'm going to put it on my sure. list. I will, I will say that this is far and away the best Bell and Sebastian material in years. Um, 
were you gonna say, Joey? Was that, I didn't even listen to it. I didn't um, listen to it either. I, it, you know, it, isn't it a lot of like re-recorded stuff? Like what? What is this record? You know, okay, so it's a soundtrack. Um, sort of. I mean, it's for a movie called Days of Bag Bag Old Summer or whatever. Um, <clears throat> but it feels more like an album than when they did the soundtrack for storytelling. Um, in the sense of like, there's not, I don't even think there might be an instrumental track, but every song is like a song, but yeah, they re-recorded, uh, two songs, um, from their early catalog. One being the best song in the entire world. Get me away from here. I'm dying. And it's just like, a like a full band, like, like, uh, electric guitar version of it, uh, which is cool. And then, um, they also re-recorded, uh, fuck, what is it? It's, um, I'm going to pull it up on my phone. Um, they re-recorded. I know where the summer goes. Um, and that is just slightly different, but, um, for the most part, the songs are just like, it feels like them understanding when they were at their best. Whereas those last EPs they put out in that set was Not the good. last thing I liked. Like, I mean, or like the last thing I wanted from them, like it was, not good. I felt like I had one good song throughout all of those EPs, which was a bummer. And even the record before this, the uh, the Girls in Wartime record. The singles were always time. better than... What's that? Like the singles they would put out. Yeah. The record as a whole, like, just... I mean, Right About Love was the last record that I... Same. ...really liked. Yeah, and even that record, like, I think is good, but I don't throw yeah. it on. And I very like that's one of the last records I'll throw in, but Girls in Peacetime and the last EPs are just like not really for me. And uh, so when I was like, well, it's a new Bell Sebastian record, like I'll of course listen to it. And I was like, Jesus Christ, like this is them being fucking good again. Like it's a good record. It's like really, really good. But I'm gonna pick it up. Yeah, that's yeah, awesome. I would. I like it more than Girls in Peacetime. I mean, sorry, than uh, yes, more than that record, but more than Right About Love. Yeah. So if you're a Bell and Sebastian fan and maybe you, had, you fell off with these last couple of releases or maybe you just haven't checked in with them in a while, this is a record that I highly recommend checking back in with them with because it's far and away the best songs they've written and the re-recorded versions. If you're a super fan like me, like you can have fun listening to them because they're not like they're doing them a disservice. You're just like, oh, yeah, like you've updated it. Just yeah, exactly. It's I'm fine with it. That's um, so yeah, Don Sebastian, there you go. That's nice. my number eight. Now you're number seven. Uh, now my number seven is the Angel Olsen record, Two Mirrors. I was, I was literally trying to guess what number that was going to appear on yours. I was like, eh, but number seven. Yeah. Uh, and I will say that um, somebody tells me this is on Joey's list at some point. I could be wrong. You are wrong. I'm wrong. Ooh. Wow. To be honest, I have not listened to it. Wow. Okay. I, I just, um, someone was having a sale. So I actually just got it on vinyl because people haven't, I've heard so much good things. I think and when I saw you last month saying how good it was, so I picked it up, but I have not listened to it yet. So maybe it'll be one of the things in 10 years when we redo this list. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I probably put that Angel Olsen record on my list. <laughs> I love that. You pre- uh, you're preemptively doing your 2029 <laughs> podcast revisit. Like, I'll say that um, I've enjoyed her last 
two albums a whole lot. I didn't really spend a lot of time with her first two releases um, before uh, the Burn Your Fire record. I think I own them, but I, I didn't come back to them a lot after I revisited them or like got into them. Um, but so I'll say with Burn Your Fire and My Woman, the two before this, those both have songs that I really, really like, but I never thought they were like perfect records. Whereas I feel like this album has the most amount of songs that I love, like one after another, it feels like a complete record that I really, really, really like. So if you're it's like more, ch- more chunks of, I guess, solid yeah. songs. Okay. Got like it. One after another, I'm like, I love all of these songs. Whereas like there are songs on the last two records that I thought were fine, but I didn't love them. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people listening that have probably already very much Angel Olsen fans, but uh, that probably I might even be mad at me for, for saying that, the, that those last two records weren't perfect. But uh, yeah, this record, it's like way more electronic and it just seemed like explored a lot of different sounds uh, than what was previously in her catalog. So uh, yeah, I enjoyed the shit out of it and I come back to it a lot. Um and it's got some of my favorite songs that she's ever done. So I highly recommend uh, Joey really giving that a shot. Did you you say you didn't really listen to it, right? No, I, I, I listened to it. And I've always, to be honest, you, what you're saying in regards to there were certain songs where you kind of dropped off. That's what always made me, I guess, not fully embrace her. Where I was just yeah. like, oh, yeah, like I like certain selects from her catalog. Uh, so you saying that is more inspiring to spend more time with the record. Yeah, it's really fucking good. Like, really, really, really fucking good. It's, it's like one of my most listened to records this year, for sure. Nice. Um, yeah. So, yeah, there you go. Angel Olsen. Uh, Ray, what's your number seven? In a world where everyone is confined to their homes, society begins its largest bin watch to date. In the hallowed library of Hulu, or perhaps on a shelf of DVDs you haven't looked at in a decade is a show that perfectly encapsulates life in the early aughts and launched a friendship that would inspire millions. Hi, I'm Zach Braff. And I'm Donald Faison. In 2001, we starred in Scrubs, a sitcom that revealed a glimpse of what it was like to survive a medical internship. As Turk and JD, we explored guy love. Nearly 20 years later, a lot has changed. We're not supermen, but we're still best friends. Eh. Given the mandatory lockdown, there's no better time to relive the series that brought us together in the first place. And we're doing it with a podcast. That's right, people. We're going to bring friends and crew members and fellow cast members and writers. And and guess what? We're going to even invite some of you to call into the podcast and ask all the questions you want of the entire Sacred Heart staff. Join us for Fake Doctors Real Friends on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, this one was actually a last minute uh, addition because uh, as of this morning, I was uh, kind of spending at the, my number seven slot was just like I, I was in turmoil. I, I did not know what to do, but I finally chose uh, the, the French black metal slash shoegaze band Alciest. Um They put out a record called Spiritual Instinct. I love this band. I saw, the, I mean, I saw them. Gosh, I've seen them twice now. Um, they put out this record on Nuclear Blast, so it's arguably like their most. Um, I guess expensive record, like they spent a lot of time on it or whatever. But they're, uh, yeah, they're just such a weird band because they have black metal blast beats with 
screaming vocals, but then they also have like total erythral, my, you know, my bloody Valentine moments, uh, and where they sing over it as well. Um, like they play psycho Las Vegas, but then they could also play, you know, whatever a major, you know, Lollapalooza or anything of those like nature. Like, and they, and, yeah, and they, I mean, and they obviously, exist, yeah, and yeah. they existed uh, a lot longer, or you know, right. like whatever, two thousand nine, I think they formed. What were yeah. you gonna say, Joey? Were they on Profound Lore before? They put out a record on Profound Lore. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, no, actually, no, no. They put out. Well, they, there's a band called Agaloc that I. That's it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this. Uh, so yeah, this record. It just, <laughs> I kept listening to, I mean, it only came out in October, so it was kind of, um, something I, I didn't really anticipate, you know, putting on my list cause their last couple of records, um, were just okay. Um, there was a record that came out in like 2013 or 14 that I like absolutely love called shelter, but yeah, they, uh, they're just, like I said, they're just a really, really weird band. And if you like any of those things that I mentioned, like you'll find enough, it's not like they're so, um, cause you know, when you say shoegaze and black metal, people are just like, what the hell are you talking about? Like you can't combine those two things, you know, appropriately. So it's not like a whiplash where you're like, oh my God, now they're in this other part. Oh, here's this other thing. Um, they blend it really, really well. So way to go. Aussieist way to go. French black metal guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number seven goes to you, Joey. Uh, number seven is Conman get loose. They're a, uh, local Boston band. They're on, rock and roll disgrace just like battle ruins and stuff. Um, but it's, it's one of those records where by doing honestly, by, uh, behind the curtain a little, we were going to record this last week and we're doing it today. And in that past week, this record came up on my, that Instagram account. And it just reminded me of how great it is because it came out in January. So, you know, it's hard to keep a record in like around for 12. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I listened to it a ton when it first came out, I kind of forgot about it. And then in the past week, I've listened to it so much. I was just like, there's no way this can't make my list. Like it's just, it, it's a punk record. I mean, it sounds like, like look at the lookout air of like queer screeching weasel, groovy ghoulies. Like one eighty two, like one eighty two nine. Um, <laughs> uh, but it just kind of like, and it harkened back to a time where like, Oh, like when I got into punk, like it was like, I was thinking about fat and epitaph and like, you know, those bands, but like those, that, that lookout era was like almost as influential on me. And there hasn't been a band that does that sound. Cause it's not like, I mean, they're all just ripping off the Ramones. So it's not like anyone's inventing <coughs> the wheel, but this is like the first band in a while that's done that sound that I've really appreciated. Um, yeah. And, and, pro- really and, it, and it probably could have come out on no idea as well. I mean, no, I, I mean, no idea. Like, honestly, as far as labels are concerned, it's like, there are very few labels that traffic in that specific sound anymore. Yeah. So yeah, that's like, the only reason I mentioned that. There's it could, uh, if a lot of labels have been like, that's a really weird look. No idea would make sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or like Asian man or something, maybe. Yeah. yeah, yeah. A, there we go. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just, it's super fun, really catchy. Um, nice. it's just a good that's- program. When you said Conman or Conman, right? Conman. Yeah. And from Boston, I was like, oh, this is going to be like, like a core, yeah. <laughs> like a meathead, like 
beat like beat down hardcore band. That's not what I was expecting. You just <laughs> then you described them sounding like the queers, and I was like, all right, I misjudged. Yeah, you're like my my expectations have been subverted. This is this yeah. is not a band that uh, you know could have played with Righteous Jams in uh, you know 2005. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and they may not have a female vocalist, but they have a female bass player. So there you go. Track. You're, you're, you should you should call your list like you know the Be- the the Bechdel list or whatever you know. <laughs> the, oh, yeah. I mean, all ten of them. Yeah, we'll get there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, all right, my number six. No, you got it. Oh yeah, yeah. You're number six because we've all done our sevens, right? Yeah. Yes. Go my number it. six is Great Grandpa Four of Arrows. Two head shaking. <laughs> yep, no idea what you're talking about. This record had it had a it's pretty good buzz for a minute. I mean, I think it's it's still going on. The record came out a few months ago on Double Double Whammy, which is like through Polyvinyl now. But they did like the Hachi record, and they've done some stuff people pay attention to. But it sounds like it like that early 2000s emo like Mates of State kind of. Oh, okay. Meets like Hop Along. But with like, then there's parts where it kind of sounds like Phoebe Bridgers and stuff. I don't know. It's just like, it's just super fun, catchy. Like, you know, they're going to be called an indie rock band, but it's an emo record. Yeah. Uh, they they uh, got yeah. the, they got the Alves uh, or, or all all of a in there. <laughs> um, no. Okay. no just throwing it out there. Um, Mates of State is probably the the vibe I pick up the most, which probably doesn't mean much to. Most people, <laughs> but in about 2002, that'd mean a lot. That would mean a lot in 2002. That's, oh, that's uh, certainly true. Yep. It's just, it's a really fun record. Um, and yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, you, uh, that's, uh, that's the point of these lists to educate and inspire not only the listener, but other people that are on this very podcast as we speak. I thought both of you paid attention to music. I'm a little surprised to be honest. I'm, I'm going to say so far this year is uh, we are the furthest from uh, from each other so far. Like I with, feel like as we, we get towards the top, we'll, we'll have some some crossover I'm imagining. Yeah. yeah. I, I, this is the first time we've gotten this. We've got to like almost halfway through the list and there hasn't been one. No repeats. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Well, maybe we're falling yeah, apart. We all have something to do nine at the top. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Well, I just think I think it's one of those things where, as uh, you know, like w- to your point, Joey, where it's like there are records that are on the bottom that are all kind of like interchangeable, where we can kind of slot them into other things. But you know, our our perennial favorites that you know release records every so often will always kind of you know bubble up, and it's like you know our our, our friendship our friendship may uh, change and evolve, but we'll still always be uh, you know ridiculous record store nerds at heart. <laughs> Yeah. Um, uh, Jeremy, number six. All right. My number six is uh, the Big Thief record, Two Hands. And Good I record. Want to, I want to say that I might have fucked up and said the Angel Olsen record was called Two Mirrors. It's all mirrors. I, when I was making my list, I think I accidentally wrote two. So I want to correct myself in case I did say that earlier because <laughs> I swear I'm not a poser. It's all the Angel Olsen records, all mirrors. All mirrors, not two so, mirrors. I just don't want to get tweeted at by someone telling me I'm a fucking dummy. Exactly. Okay, so yeah. Uh, the Big Thief record, uh, Two Hands. It's uh, It's got one of my favorite songs of the year that I feel like that everybody loves. The song, Not. It's unbelievable. 
uh, I was late to this band in the sense of I feel like they built a fan base with the first two LPs, uh, Masterpiece and uh, whatever the other one is. Um, and I went back and I do enjoy those records, but uh, the two records that came out this year are the ones that I, I found myself getting into this band. I went and saw them recently at the Observatory in Orange County, and they're fucking awesome. Uh, so yeah, I've I've slowly started to become a, uh, a quite quite a big supporter, which is the um, least original thing in the entire world because I feel like they're they've become a lot of people's favorite bands this favorite band this year. That's gonna be, that's gonna be a no for me, dog. Uh, really? I'm not a fan. Wow. I, li- I, I liked the, the two hands record was the one that I listened to. I honestly never checked them out previously, was aware of them, yeah. but just always kind of wrote them off as like, a, I don't know, just whatever, something that I wasn't going to be interested in. But I, I, I really like that, that two hands record. I, I liked uh, the first record. And then two years later, they have three more. <laughs> yeah. Very they're prolific. All pretty, they're all pretty boring for me. I, uh, yeah, I'm not, Joey, not a fan. Joey, let me, uh, let me make you a, let me make you a little playlist. Do it because honestly, like I didn't even listen to this new this this second record of the year because yeah. the first one was I made it through two songs and said, "Oh, not for me." Well, spoiler alert: that record might end up on my list further. Go, <laughs> which is which is so crazy. I was wondering if you were going to pull the uh, self defense drug church and put them as together yeah. tied. Yeah. yeah. No. Well, once again, I said I didn't like more than 10 records this year. So here we go. (laughs) Same Um, same band, two separate slots. Fair. Yep. Uh, So, yeah, um, this record is very good, though. So um, to the people that are listening that are Big Thief fans, I'm high-fiving you through the speakers because we know more than these two fucking Hey, no, 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 whoa, whoa, don't throw me in. (laughs) I'm the only clown here. Yeah, I'm not not throwing heat like Joey is. Jeez. (laughs) <laughs> Yo, how is that song not? Did you watch them perform that on the uh, fucking morning show? I didn't know. God damn. The also, Jennifer Aniston. Uh, <laughs> the Apple TV Plus show. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. Uh, you know when they do that like CBS morning oh, yeah. show? Yeah. yeah. Which I just knowing the inside baseball that they're having to be there at the studio at like five in the morning to do that shit. Jesus yeah. Christ. That's, That's like brutal. Yeah. Yeah. That is, and they do like four songs or something like that. That shit's crazy. I can't, I can't imagine trying to do any of that. Um, yeah. I mean, I was always fucking shocked that there was bands on Warp Tour that had to play at like 11 in the morning. I was like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, fucking kill me. Uh, so yeah. Uh, do I pass? You guys did. I, do, need, or, I need to do my number six. Yeah, you go. So uh, my number six record is Drab Majesty, Modern Mirror. Oh. Yep. This, uh, they put out a record two years ago. Uh, and I think Dias Records put it out, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's not about right. Yeah. Yeah. And they put out this one as well. Uh, holy crap. Like, I mean, I liked the first record, but like this one is just so catchy. And it, like, I love that whole, see, like, you know, bands like Soft Kill and like all of these, you know, like solo project, yet, you know, small bands, like, when I say small bands, like, you know, soft kills a band and obviously drab majesty is a band, but it's, you know, one person that, you know, kind of births of this project. Um, yeah, but it's just, it, it's, it's so good, you know, whatever Depeche mode, you know, electronic stuff, but then, um, you know, there's elements of, you know, industrial stuff, but like not, you know, ministry industrial, 
but uh, it's just such a such a good record. And I found myself um, I don't even know when that came when the record actually came out. I want to say summertime, maybe. Um, but I just always found myself listening to it. And it was when I was talking about earlier those records that I got caught in a rut in. This was for sure was a record where I would be like. I would listen to it, and I would listen to like maybe another two record or two, and then I would be like, I want that Drop Majesty record again. So, um, when, love it. When I said there was uh, maybe one or two records that could have been put on my list somewhere, this was one of those records. And I think I was finally came to terms with like that Colleen Green record like needed to be on my list that it bumped Drop Majesty. Damn, dude. Dude, you hear that, that Majesty? Yeah, yeah. Dude Ranch yeah. covers. Dude Ranch more than you. You hear that? That's my friend Joey Cahill. <laughs> He'd prefer a covers album. Yeah, a lo-fi. <laughs> God damn right I would. Yeah, you know, but, hey, hey, active touring artist, trying to make a living off your music. Nope. Uh, Colin Green is an active touring artist trying I, to make a living off her music. Ray, I, I know, I understand. That not that particular. Pro- well, does she actually play those songs live? It would be pretty funny. I don't know. She She's playing Boston soon, and I'm like, gosh, should I go? Because I haven't. Re- I've listened to the last record. It was fine. Yeah. But if she doesn't play those songs, I think I'd be kind of bummed. <laughs> so well, I'm probably not going to go. Actually, I'm just going to go ahead and hit up Drab Majesty that uh, they should obviously do a front to back Enema of the State. So would listen because that would be really good. <laughs> Dude, they would probably kill what I say. They, he would probably or well, I guess it's an androgynous. Like that's the isn't that the, the vibe? Like not a male or a female. There's there's two people in the band now. Right. I don't know if the second person is like a f- just a touring member. Yeah, I don't know. But, I don't. but this record, yeah, this record's so damn good. And it was one of those things where, like, the first record, I there was all the hype. And I was like, I'll check it out. And I was like, nope, not for me. And then yeah. the second one, I didn't even listen to the second one because uh, it just, I didn't like the first one that much. So when I, I was actually in, in Richmond at the 613 record store, shout out. Shout out. Uh, <laughs> subtle plug, subtle plug. What's the address, yeah. Joey? <laughs> uh, 57... 10 Patterson Avenue, Richmond, Virginia. Okay, what are the hours? Uh, uh, <laughs> Friday and Saturday, 11, no, 12 to 7, Sundays, 12 to 5. Okay, come on by. Come by. Um, uh, but someone like Sean or someone put on the Dry Majesty record. I was like, what is this? And then told me, and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, this record is. It's so good. Yeah, because I think, too, what the uh, catchiness is what really got me behind. Exactly. Where it was like there was elements of that on the, the their previous stuff, but like this one, it just like took it to a whole new level. And I think they they knew what they were doing, where they were just like, okay, I think we're good at this, so we're going to lean into this a lot. Yeah, and it's, yeah, I love it. Yeah, great work. Like I said, it was, if it was a top 11, <laughs> that, that could have been in there. I love going to shows. You probably do too. You've probably seen those VIP experiences and sometimes you might be like, I don't know, man, that looks kind of whack. Like maybe that, that that's kind of cheesy that a band is making, you know, some additional money off of uh, a, a lame experience, but soundrink.com is the exact opposite. So they do the whole VIP ticketing experience, but they work hand in hand with the artists and the management to create what I define as the best packages around. So you want to have coffee with your favorite band member? Boom, they offer that up. You want a super, super intimate acoustic Q&A performance? Boom, they got it. 
they just offer, uh, frankly, the best packages around. And then that way, if you want to have this really, really intimate experience with one of your favorite artists or bands, you were able to do that. So go to soundrank.com, find your local venues and tours that are coming through, and you will be able to find some of these amazing VIP packages. There's even one I saw, I think it was last year, where you could play Jenga against your favorite band. And how, how much fun is that? Because you're not going to get that at a show. You just go to a show, watch a band play and are stoked on it. But you're like, you know what? That would be kind of fun to do that. So soundrink.com love their VIP ticketing experience. And, uh, yeah, you just need to go do that. So check it out. Soundrink.com. Now back to the best of episode. <clears throat> My number five record is the new cult of Luna record, a dawn to fear. I love Cult of Luna. Uh, any band that will do 10-minute songs and take me to multiple different headspaces without doing drugs, I'm all, all about it. Um, and an unbroken cover. God, and I, I, yeah, I just love, like, they're so cool. <laughs> they're so cool. I just love the band because they exist in a world in which they play, you know, they play a decent amount of shows over in Europe, but, like, you know, they're coming to the U.S. next year. Um, so, the, you know, whatever, they come every so often. Um and I had the vocalist Johannes on the podcast and we actually talked about the unbroken cover and it was great. And did you, it's so wild, but like I, the anecdotal aside for both of you guys, because I know you'd find this interesting where it's like the, you know, the Umea hardcore scene was so big. Like when cult of Luna first started like playing, you know, as like a hardcore punk band, they'd be playing in front of like five, six, 700 people all just like local shows. And it's like, that's how big the scene was then. And I'm like, that's wild. insane, dude. But yeah, that's crazy. Um, and I just like it too, how Cult of Luna also seems to be collecting like the coolest record, like, you know, they've released stuff on Hydrahead, uh, you know, Earache, <laughs> Metal Blade, like they're just like, oh yeah, hey, what other labels do we want to work with? Like, oh, you want to do this? And, um, yeah, I just love the who, band. Who did this record? Metal Blade put this one out. Oh. And it's just rad that, I mean, the fact that they can be as, you know, I guess, quote unquote, inactive, even though they are relatively active, but just like pick their spots, do what they want. And when bands exist like that, I'm all about it. And this record too is just, um, uh, I, it's better than their last two records. Um, so I think like anybody who's kind of like looking for a good entry point to cult of Luna, cause you know, but this is their sixth LP, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it's a good place to start. So way to go cult of Luna way to be a band. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And I, I don't, uh, that sounded sarcastic, but no, I really, really enjoy, <laughs> enjoy what they do. Way to be a band. Good job. Uh, yeah. Way to be, way to be a band guys. But I think, th- and they've also been a band for, I mean, close to 20 years now too. So it's even crazier than that when you yeah. put it in context. Uh, number five, uh, Joey, what do you got for number five? Number five, uh, a previous number one of mine, Alex Leahy, the best of luck club. Uh, her record from two years ago is my number one record. Yes. Uh, this one is, is very good. It's not as good. It's for me, it's, it's just not quite as catchy. Um, but it's got some songs on it that are just absolute bangers. Um, I feel like it's not quite as like a cohesive record. There's like a few different songs that are like her trying something a little different. Whereas like the first record is just like banger after banger after banger. It's like, you know, some people might say it's a little monotonous. I don't, but this one, so it's like, I kind of preferred that. Um, which is why it's, there was no way it wasn't going to make my list, but just a matter of what number. Down to number five. This is, yeah. yeah, but still a great record nonetheless. Um, and if she comes to the States, you should go see her. From Australia, great. right? Uh, 
Of course. Absolutely. Yeah. So you like now there's another, you know, uh, uh, trope or something that we can make fun of, or basically it's like, if they come from Australia and they have a female in the band, Joey is immediately going to like you and or sign you. Yeah. Immediately. (laughs) Just like that. Yeah. I don't even need to, I actually don't even need to hear what you sound like. Just go ahead. Yeah. 6131 signing you. I'm just going to go ahead and say that collectively. You don't even need to send your demos anymore. Just go ahead. Like Joey will have a contract uh, PDF on the website and you can just download it and then sign it. <laughs> How good would that be? <laughs> just, That'd be awesome. Hey guys, just go ahead and go ahead and sign this and send this in and then I'll put out your record. It's wouldn't say no. Yeah. And then, I, and then, I, and then what would secret voices, uh, you know, uh, if you had two things that you, uh, you would, you would require, uh, you have to be my friend. Okay. You have to already be my friend. Yeah. Already, uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> you have to be Jeremy's friend pre 2020. Cause obviously we're, we're talking about 2020 and beyond. So you have to be, yeah. be your friend and, uh, and Nick has to do the art. Is that another, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have a band. I'm putting out a band next year that actually I became friends with recently. So that, I guess that's not true. Well, um, but it, it was pre 2020. So you're okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're my friends now. So that makes sense. Yeah. Um, Oh, and you have to be uh, good. Okay. <laughs> do, you have, do, you have, do you have to wear I like black? The way you work. <laughs> What's that? I like the way you work. Yeah, you know it's pretty simple. Are you a good yeah. band? Yeah, I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> hey guys, would you define yourself as good? Because I am interested in signing you, but you have to be yeah. my friend first. Yep. Okay. Yep. Good. Great strict, requirements. Strict rule. Strict rule. I always feel bad because I'll get people you know, sending me their band band. You know what though? When I get sent the band camp link, like via like the secret voice email, just, you know, try a little bit. Don't, don't make it so obvious. You're just copying and pasting the same. Oh, same shtick to every label. I, I, like, I like when we get the ones where they forget to take out who they send it to previously. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Hey, and hey, Polly vital. You know, was that, was that last year when we all got that same, where the person forgot to BCC was that you were on that, right, Joey? I get those all the time. No, like, no, but there was like a big, oh, yeah. where like every, all the different every people label. on labels kept chiming in being like, <laughs> being like, yo, shout out to all my friends in the house. Yeah. Like aim for the stars. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> oh dude. That's amazing. That's amazing that people it, were yeah. writing. Yeah. It, it became like a really funny chain where like everybody was like, yo, what's up run for cover. Good to see you. I hope you hope you're doing well. But you know who didn't chime in? What? So who sent the email. Yeah. Nope. Nope. Just pure embarrassment. Just took, took, took down their link and then retitled their band. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the only way I'm going to be given any sort of credit. Oh, was gosh. that just here when that happened? Oh my God. It was so funny. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, I'll have to look up when that was, but Jesus Christ, it was so funny. Yeah. Um, uh, where are we at? I get sidetracked. Uh, your number five. That's true. Yep. We're at my number five. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this one might be the first overlapper, at least with one of you. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> Let's see. My number five is the national. I'm easy to find. I'm just going to jump in real quick and say that is my number four. Oh. Hey, guess what, Joey? We have that in common. Wow. So here we are. 
Yep. So we can we all are. talk about it right now. I'll we're talk f- about it. We're friends. Okay. So my introduction to this record was that uh, here in uh, the cool city of Los Angeles, they have cool things that happen. So I got to go to the Orpheum, which is a relatively small venue for the national to, I got to see them play the record in full before I had come out and they played the 30 minute short um, film that it was based on and then did a Q and a after with the director, the actress and Matt and I think Aaron, maybe Bryce. I don't know. One of the brothers. brothers. (laughs) Uh, So getting to sort of like watch the film with an audience and like have that experience, hear them and talk about it in detail and then watch them play the songs live, like really gave me like a, a really strong intro to the record where I know a lot of people didn't connect with it because the amount of songs was a little daunting and the, a lot of the women accompaniment to the record also, I think took certain people out of it. Um, which I guess I understand if you're like, if you're such a fan where you just want Matt, it's kind of a weird thing to be critical of, but I guess I understand. Um, I will say that this is not anywhere near my top of favorite national records, but I will say that it has my favorite national. It has my favorite song of the year, which is on Kansas. Yeah. Yes. It's so good. It's the best of the year. I, I dare anyone to put a song close to this one. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that was my intro to the record. And I, between non Kansas, Rylan and a few other songs, like it's, it's so fucking good. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, so, so I make notes in my phone about like yeah. thoughts on the records. And I think you just said everything I said was going to say, okay. cool. <laughs> because like I went to the New York, the New York, uh, show. Cause Julian did the Q and a, and they actually got to sing. She sang with them a, a couple of the songs. Cool. Uh, wow. So we went to the New York show. David Burns sat next to us, which was hilarious. Uh, <laughs> That's dude. Star studded. Look at that. Yeah. Uh, but it, honestly, I feel like that was had, having seen the movie. I feel like people who were down on it and haven't seen the movie, it doesn't, it makes understanding the record. Like I, you know, you see it and you hear the songs. You're like, Oh, it all makes sense now. I agree like, wholeheartedly sense to me. And then like listening to the record and going back and like hearing where it was in the movie and just like everything about it. It just like, you know, it just, I love it. Like I, I think this is, this record made me, this is a, a dramatic sentence. So sorry. Um, cause I probably don't mean it, but, uh, it, it made me forget the last record exists. Like I don't ever think about that record or listen to it. And it's like, this is just like, to me, like the next one after, um, trouble with finding now. Like, wow. I just, I mean, like, I, I think this record's great. I think, like, that song Oblivions is phenomenal. Like you said, Ryland. I mean, not in Kansas is unfuckable with. Like, it's just a perfect song. Yeah. Uh, it's a beautiful. I, I was, I, I didn't go to the either, you know, I didn't go to that Los Angeles show or the New York show. Um, and so I, I, pre-ordered the record i started listening to it on you know when i actually got the record on lp i didn't listen to it digitally uh because i've wanted because i knew the experience that they were intending you to have and so like i listened to the record probably once or twice and then you know when they put the film up 
for watching it online. Um, I want to say it was, yeah, it was like a Monday or Tuesday, just like totally just normal work day. And I was just like, you know, obviously I'm going to, you know, not work and watch this for (laughs) half an hour or whatever. And just to have, just to watch that and be so like, you know, I was in tears. It was so like, so beautiful. Beautiful. It's so good. And, And like, I, the, the, and I mean, I know like, you know, we're obviously, all, you know, all, uh, you know, converters, like they could, uh, you know, they were, were converted. We, they could, you know, poop into a microphone for a half an hour. We'll probably be like, that's cool, man. I get, I get the artistic expression, but like to see what, how ambitious they were with this particular project and how committed they were to making it as good as possible. I, I just, I'm like, how, how do you even do this, man? How do you even do this? And then watching, I saw them at the, the Greek, um, and they played, you know, they played uh, so many, I mean, it was just a, a quote unquote normal show, you know, but they played so many songs off of it and they were all just exquisite and beautiful. And yeah, dude, just such a good record. Yeah. Um, do you, I feel like Joey, if you put on the last record, the, the one that you're saying you're kind of forgetting about, cause I, I, in a way I agree with you. Like I liked that album, but I didn't love it. But then when I saw them, at that same show and they, you know, for encore, they started playing like a little bit of older songs and they played like two or three songs off that record. I was like, Oh yeah, I do like this record. Like there's some really fucking good songs on it. I feel like the record was made for the live experience. True. We're like to record it. I just, I mean, I think Corinne at the liquor store is a phenomenal song. Like that was the standout song from that record. But like the system dies and the system only sleeps. Yeah. Like, the, the that guitar sound was a little like jarring, but you hear it live and you're like, oh, it's fucking tight. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I just, you know, it's, I never put that record on, but when sure. I hear songs live, I'm like, oh, this is great, but I still don't want to go back and listen to it. Whereas like this record, it like is, I think much more like much more listenable record, like yeah. driving or, yeah, even though even though the this record was so much more ambitious, I feel like they took even larger swings in their sound on you know that uh, on the uh, the Sleep Well Beast record. Like to, to your point, like the the sonic palette that they were using was very much uh, large. It was larger than what they did on this oh, record. Yeah. I think this is a quieter record, and I think at times I prefer a quieter national as I mature. Um, you don't need I, a, I, you don't need them rocking rocking so hard. Go ahead. I would say just like when it's like a more sparingly used rockin'. Yeah. Yeah. But how's he uh, he going to go into the audience where everyone can freak out though? (laughs) Do you, uh, did you guys listen to, or did you guys read the, um, when Pitchfork did the song by song breakdown thing? No, Uh -uh, I did not. So, uh, are you, are you guys familiar with a band called thinking fellers union local two, eight, two come again? No, exactly. So this will blow your mind. Not in Kansas, the chorusy part that is like the you know it sounds like a choir, like the when you that's a song from a band called Thinking Fellers Union, us thinker Thinking Fellers Union Local Two Eight Two. The record came out on Matador or like Rough Trade in like the early nineties. And the last, the last song on the record, I'll send you both the link. The record is called, uh, what is it? Uh, strangers from the universe. The last song on the record is just that chorus. Huh. It's that, that's so they just, <coughs> I I'm so fascinated by it, but it's like, 
Matt clearly just like wrote all these verses and then loved that song or something and was like, we'll just make this band's chorus <laughs> our chorus. Our chorus. And it's fascinating because it's like literally, I mean, it's the entire song. Wow. It's very weird. It's like a, yeah, it's like a, it's like a, uh, yeah, it's like a three and a half minute song that is just what is the choruses of non Kansas. Hmm. It's very crazy. But I, I wouldn't have known that had I not read the like song by song breakdown. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really funny, there's a really good quote in that interview too. Hold on. Let me, I'm going to like pull it up real quick. Uh, there's also, uh, there's a podcast called, it was like coffee and flowers, I think, or so. Yeah. Where I, I think I said it to you guys. I don't know what, once it yeah. first came out, but they did, uh, so yeah, they did like a song by song breakdown of not this record, but they did like a special episode where it was like a 40 minute chat with the band. And it, it definitely put the record in more context for me as well. Yeah, sure. Uh, so there's a line where he says, um, do you remember any of the verses that you cut about like, cause obviously the song is all over the place. He said, yeah, I have them right here. I'm giving twenties to schizophrenic mothers missing in my neighborhood, leaning in the door. You're always asking what's ask. Uh, why not ask for more? Uh, I, then he says, I refer to, uh, he said, I refer to this uh, Wiccan masseuse who I also get weed from. Uh, Little Caesars also gets mentioned. I must have been hungry. <laughs> like, I read something, there's like a ton of verses that they had obviously had to cut because it's like a nine minute song. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, he's like, like, yeah, I, I mentioned Little Caesars. I must have been hungry. It's fucking great. Yeah, that's really good. I love that. They're the, they're the best. Just national forever and ever. Yeah. Did everybody else do their number five? No. Right. Yeah, no, we did. I mean, Joey and I put national at number four, so you can do your number four. Okay. Yeah, sure. Um, my number four is the tallest man on earth. I love you. It's a feet dream. Such a good record. That that one, I really wrestled with that, but I, yeah, love the record. Joey, did you listen to that record? Uh, since we've talked, um, no, (laughs) damn, Um, I know it's so a, like, good. It's just it's really fucking good. I think his last two records made my top ten list, and I listened to this. I know I did listen to it once, like when it came out, and it just didn't hit me right away. So I just kind of like stashed it and forgot about it. And then you and I talked, and I made a mental note of like I gotta listen to this. And then Never. I have two children, and I forgot. <laughs> but you don't, yeah, but, you don't, Joey. You don't have mental notes anymore. Okay, you can just like you need to actually write it down or something. <laughs> and I, and that's the problem is I usually do. Yeah. I didn't this time. Um, so no, but you remind podcast is I will go back and listen to it. Yeah. It's really, really good. I, uh, I've been a fan of, of, uh, tallest man on earth for quite a while. I've only seen him one time. Um, and it was off like the second record, I think, but, um, yeah, this record came out and someone suggested it to me. I forget like, Oh, did you check that out yet? And I think at the time I just maybe, there's certain artists when they put out new records, it, as much as it seems like a dickhead thing to say, you're like, eh, do I really need a, another record from that person? And I kind of had that attitude, which is unfair. And I apologize for that. But then, so I was like, you know what? I was at a record. I think I was at Amoeba and I saw it on display on like the color vinyl version. I was like, fuck it. I'll support the record. I'll pick it up, put it on. And it just didn't come off my turntable for like months. Yeah. Um, it's so, it's so good. And I also am always really, really transfixed by the, uh, the cover art. 
because it's always a photo. It's always like a beautifully executed photo, like so deliberate. And I know it's like, it sounds ridiculous where it's like, oh, wow, you used a photo and it's beautiful on a cover. But just like, I've always been fascinated by the choices that he's made with the, the cover art. Yeah. So to, to your point, Jeremy is like, you know, I've always been, a, I've been a big fan, but like, like you said, like I have like six Talisman on earth records. Yep. It's like, I don't listen like to them. All. Someone? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I was like, I mean, obviously I, I, same thing. I bought like the colored vinyl version just as like, well, I need to have it. I have all the others, but there was like this fatigue of like, Do I, I guess need I'm to gonna, get up on that horse. Yeah. 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 Which is again, it's unfortunate because I mean, his last record is, was my favorite. So you'd think that I would jump right into the follow-up. Um, but also like, I feel like it was just like a, like a publicly, like a quieter record. Like I think, I don't know if he released it himself or, or what, but like, you know, the last one was on Dead Ocean, so there was a lot more, maybe more press or like. Or I think this one's on Dead Oceans too. Yeah, I th- yeah, it's like it's a, not- just looking at, randomly looking at Spotify. It was like River slash Birds Records, so I think he did oh, release yeah. it himself. Um, Interesting. Like, he he had a he was playing here. I had tickets. Then I get an email one day like you've been refunded. Like oh, it just canceled the canceled the show, and it just was like not that I was pissy canceled, but it just like took it out of my brain to like yeah. yeah. Um, and I yeah. think I, I think a lot of the times too, where artists that continue to because re- like he you know rather than the uh, continually releasing records because whatever is like at least two to three years since the last one, you know like whatever sporadic EPs, and I think that sometimes people that pay super close attention to an artist and start to feel like it's like oh, like, I don't have something substantial I could, like, latch onto. It's just like, oh, here's a couple new songs here and there. Like, I, I the reason I checked this record out, I mean, I love, I with you guys, where I've continually <laughs> followed his work, but honestly, it wasn't until, you know, this Spotify, like, oh, here's your new releases playlist. When I looked at it, I was like, oh, cool, a, a new record. And then, yeah, I just, I was like, oh, crap, I love this so much more than um, his last record. So, yeah, I feel you. Well, that's, he did those, like, I think he did like five singles. Yeah. Up to it. And I didn't, I would listen to him. It was like, oh, I don't love these. Like, and I kind of, and I know that it's like different than the record, but it, I think it also pushed me away from it. The- yeah. It didn't, didn't motivate you. Yeah. 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 You're not, you're not the target audience for that. It's like, you're like, I get it. I'm a fan of you. Let's just, I want to wait to the record. <laughs> yeah. So I think you, let's see, that number, so we've all done our number four, so uh, yeah. yeah, I guess you can toss it to whoever for number three, and then we can just kind of go back around again. Yeah. Uh, Joey, what's your number three? <laughs> um, I'm assuming this is going to be on one of your lists, uh, but my number three is Better Oblivion Community Center. Um, yes, it is on my list. <laughs> it, it did not make my list, but it was definitely in the running. Um, I mean... Connor Oberst and Phoebe Bridgers, like, of course, it's going to be great. So one thing to say is, yeah, listening to it makes me want just a Connor record and a Phoebe record. Yep. Uh, yep. Uh, but this record's great. It, I feel like their their voices work well together. There's, the sounds between the two of them make sense. Um, I, I just I just loved how big it was immediately, like the way that they came out swinging with it of just like, like, oh, yeah, we're going to announce the band on Colbert. Like, just it was so cool. Yeah, um, it was a hard flex. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, hey, how how cool are we? Oh, yeah. Like, we'll go ahead and sell out national tours like immediately. And, you know, announce ourselves on like national television. Wild. Yeah. Your first song anyone hears is on 
the biggest late night show there is. Like a, and it had like a weird skit, not a skit, but like some filmed parts where it was almost like a music video or like them in the audience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, getting mailed like the pamphlet in yeah. the mail. Like there was a lot of I just keep getting these pamphlets. Uh, yeah. The, there's like bus benches all over LA for it. Um, live, live. It was great. Yep. And like hearing, I mean, live, I mean, they, they played like a couple of brightest songs and a couple of her songs, but like he sang funeral and she sang, I think Lua, or at least the first verse. So it was like cool hearing like someone else, like, like do different interpretations of like they, these songs you're so familiar with. And, and they did a deep, uh, she covers, she yeah. covered a, a deep cut song. She covered bad blood. Oh whatever, yeah. Which is like from like the, yeah, it was a B side song from yeah. like digital ash era. Um, yeah, it's great. I mean, it was just like, it was such a cool thing. Like, and they have like the, the whole stage show of like, you know, with the backdrop, but then there was like a song where they just sit in lawn chairs and <laughs> sing, like, <laughs> yeah, super fun. Um, I, you know, I would love another, like I said, I would, another one of the records would be cool, but I think I would also, I think at this time want solo records from both of, both of them. I didn't think the, about, uh, I didn't think about it in that context of listening to the record. And then I, I think the yearning, what ultimately left it off the list for me was that yearning of what you're talking about, where I was just like, huh, well, I want them. I want records from both of them. Yep. Well, I know her new record is done and that's supposed to be spring, I think. And the rumor mill is we getting, we're getting new bright eyes in 2020. That'd be sick. That's the rumor mill. I saw, I saw Connor play solo a few months ago and he played the deepest of deep bright eyes songs. Like it was, yeah, when you, dude, yeah. when you said that, when you, when you tell me about that and I saw the set list, I was like, Jesus Christ, I would have killed him. It, it was like the noise floor tour. Like it was crazy. The songs he played off, at the show like he played so, one song off lifted but he played bowl of oranges and like that was the hit that he played <laughs> it was wild that's it crazy was and it was it was that's, awesome that's um, super cool yeah i would love a new brothers record let's do it yeah it's, it's definitely there's i mean i don't know i'm not gonna get anyone in trouble but because there's no one i can pinpoint but uh there is gonna be a bright eyes tour in 2020 i know that for a fact nice yeah. That's sick. There we go. Touche Amore submitting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just be the most hated thing possible on that show. And I'm, submi- I'm submitting myself for tickets all on the Eastern Seaboard. So let's go. <laughs> yep. Um, who, who are you going to throw it to, Jeremy? Uh, Joey. Oh, no, isn't it Joey who's going to be uh, throwing it? Jeremy. Yeah. Oh, that's. Uh, sorry. I'm sorry. I apologize. Pay attention, Ray. I know. Pay sorry. attention. I was just so excited for number three. Yeah, that's all. Uh, my number three is the Sandy Alex G House of Sugar record. Um, Good ass record. Have a listen to it. Yeah, uh, I feel like last time I put Alex G on the the thing, you also hadn't listened to that record. I know you're. I don't know. You're not. You're not. On, you're not up to uh, to the Alex G train. Um, record covers wild too. <laughs> yeah, it's really fucking crazy. Uh, I just enjoy how all over the place uh, these records are. And the last song on the record is also one of my favorite songs of the year. Um, And it's weird because it's like a live record. It's like purposely a live recording of this one song. Um, But uh, yeah, I just, this is one of those albums that I listen to primarily on our European tour that we just did a few, a couple months ago 
And um, it was like, yeah, it was like the main thing I listened to when I was walking around like every single day. So uh, it just stuck with me. Um, it's got some really all over the place, very interesting songs, but uh, it's also very, it's a short listen. I don't think the record's very long at all. So it's an um, e- it's a, it's for sure like an easy listen, but like in the way that, cause sometimes easy listens to me are records that like I don't actually like think about I just toss it on like I'll use an example for this year it's like the turnover record for me this year like I love turnover but this record was very much just like I toss it on and I'm, I don't think about it and then all of a sudden it's done I'm just like okay that was cool it didn't impact me though whereas this record like is an easy listen but like it, it sinks in and the fact that the last song on the record is the best song is is where like when I'm when I'm putting it on and I'm walking around all of a sudden I'm like oh my god we're already at this song it's this record's over already it's crazy yeah uh, but yeah it's 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 very interesting I got to see them play it uh, here in L A too I became buds with the kid who plays uh, guitar and keyboard with them because he played bass for Tiger's Jaw um, on when we did like slam dunk with them um and we just stayed friends so uh that also you know sometimes kind of pushes you informs your yeah yeah you're like oh i really like this person um so uh i'm stoked on the record i think it's really fucking good i like it um almost as much as i like the last one so which is high praise because i loved that last one so yeah there you go uh joey or sorry ray yours no problem uh Tycho weather I love Tycho uh dude well it started off just as like as a one man project from you know a dude up lives up in San Francisco like graphic designer um and anyways this record is really different so like it's just really sort of you know electronic um you know sort of trip hoppy but not like in the Portishead way uh more so in the kind of like uh Tristeza way I guess um but this one is different because there's female vocals all over it. Like he actually, normally it's just instrumental kind of like, you know, chill music. Um, not saying that adding a female vocus all of a sudden makes it aggressive, but, uh, he, so a lot of people were kind of like, you know, really thrown back by the fact that he had so many vocals on there. But, uh, to me it was just a, you know, you kind of look at it as a different instrument added to something that I already really, really enjoy. Um, it's wild how big he's become. Like he sold out the Greek theater, um, you know, I saw him whatever play. I mean, this was many, whatever, like four years ago and he played the constellation room, um, here in orange County, but, uh, just love it. It's like the best in the same way that you're talking about the Sandy Alex G record, where it's just like a record you can put on as you're, you know, walking, doing, doing your business. Um, I can't, I find myself, I can't listen to a ton of music that has vocals when like I'm working, but so this record I listened to a ton while I was working just because it was like, you know, even though there are vocals on it, it was still, you know, not jarring enough to where it would distract me. But yeah, love this record so much. You nice. guys, you guys, you, I know you guys are kind of like, you know, I haven't heard it. Yeah. Haven't heard. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just, I just, I, I don't, I love when stuff starts off as just like a one person thing. And then he just starts to bring on his friends and just like, Hey, you can come and play play guitar for me hey you can do this and it's like all of a sudden now he's just like built this own like little empire that he does and when I'm, yeah. it's not even little anymore it's huge but yeah it's right it's funny that how you just described uh just like bringing in random people do you guys remember the band gangs g-a-y-n-g-s yep yeah the pos and like bonnie var side project thing or whatever they put out 
So we did those shows in the Midwest with POS, and he gave me some insight on that record, which made me just, you just talking about bringing in friends made me think about it. But a part of him talking about doing that record that killed me, because everything on that record was supposed to be like super like just sexual and like, you know, moody and all that sort of stuff. Every single song is at 69 BPMs. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> I just love like appreciate just not giving a shit that your entire record is the same tempo just to stick to the fact that every song has to be at 69 BPMs. Gotta love a good bit. I, yeah, I <sighs> fucking loved that. It it's was, co- that's commitment, dude. That's just it just yeah. shows commitment to the project. Yeah, he just said it. he would just invite everyone over and they would all just smoke weed and get super high. And then one by one, he would just call people in and be like, yo, you get in get in here and then he would just put him in front of a mic and be like just do something and it was just that's how the record came together I but love that kill me so made me good. laugh so hard <laughs> oh nice uh all right now we're on to our number twos i'll do my number two um the american football lp3 oh. this record was a, the reason that it ranked so high was uh i i literally could not stop listening to it um from the moment it came out like every single that came out i was just like oh my god i can't wait for this record and i'm like why am i so keyed into this band like this is a band that you know uh i, I mean i've only seen once like obviously not you know i mean i think everybody was surprised when they came back how crazy big they were you know thanks to tumblr um and so you know i i've always found myself being like, Oh yeah, I really like American football, but I think this is the year where I'm just like, no, I love this band. I love what they do. Um, again, just, you know, really, um, taking something that is so unexpected and being able to still write something that is similar to what you did some, you know, I mean, even though they've released a record, obviously since they came back, uh, just being able to tap into that kind of, you know, emotion and sound of something that they did when they were like, you know, in their early twenties, it's just wild. And they're all like, you know, dads and have real lives and stuff. And they're like, Oh yeah, Hey, here we go. Like, let's just go ahead and do this. And, um, yeah, it's just a beautiful record. Can't stop I mean, listening to it. And, and this record is light years better than the last one. I, like, lo- I loved the last one and I still continually listen to it, but yes, I agree with you. The last one to me just sounded like an own record, which isn't a, a slight against it. Like, it was like, they just put American football over an own record. That's fine. Yeah. But like this one sounds like American football, but it also sounds like American football in 2019. Like, it's not like trying to write never meant again, but like, totally. oh, it's right. Never but Haley on it, you know, like, um, yeah, his record's great. Yeah. Yeah. Lo- love it's this thing. Great, so great. I just, I, like I, I said, uh, the listening, the listening, the, this was, this was easily like, I mean, honestly, probably maybe twice as much, listened to record as like you know all the other records i listened to i just listened to it so much anyway sorry jeremy what were you gonna say i i own the last two i think they're still sealed (laughs) (laughs) well you should you should check it out they're pretty good terribly dickhead thing to say but like you know we all have the same fucking you know predisposition yeah yeah. a record comes out or like you see a record go for pre-order of a band that at one point you liked and you're just like oh fuck why i'll order that and i blame it on i just haven't i i was never a big american football fan like i like the i like never men like everybody else but like as a whole i didn't love that record i thought it was fine 
And I was very surprised that the emo gods decided that they were going to be the one that was going to have a career still. I was not an emo band. They're an indie rock band, Jeremy. They're indie rock. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I love it. I love it. My least favorite thing in the world. Oh, is is people trying to say shit like that? Yeah. Get out of here. Yeah. We we were never attached to that scene. Shut up. I was so fucking amazed that like the mineral reunion was like, so underwhelming compared to this one. Whereas like I would have thought mineral would have crushed. Why is American football, the band that became that like, that, yeah, no, I think I, to, to me, I think it was, why were the, why was American football quote unquote allowed to cross over? Whereas mineral, like when they initially came back, like there was excitement, they sold out a ton of shows, but then when they did like the second and third rounds, yeah, that, and that's when it kind of, you know, like there's less enthusiasm. Whereas American football can play, you know, 20 to 40 shows a year and still be like, you know, they sold out when I saw them, they sold out the observatory. And I'm just like, who is coming to yeah, the show? Like, like, yeah, it's crazy. It's, I mean, I, I also, cool. I appreciate them putting out new music, like, and it's actually good. Like a lot yeah. of things, like they just keep going until, you know, it's, you know, people get sick of it, but yeah. like them doing new records, them being good. Like, I mean, that helps. You can only play never meant so many times before people stop caring. Yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, and yeah. and they're and they're super good live. Like it was one of those things where I, I I went being like, okay, like I'm interested to see how they are going to like do in the crowd reaction. But then listening to the songs live, it was just like, oh, you guys weren't messing around. Like you're really really good. Yeah, I need to. It's unfair to me. I mean, it's, I mean, it's unfair to them that I haven't fucking really just had to. It's just like. There's certain bands that I just... It's hard to get over the hump, I understand. It's hard for me to be like, I'm ready to hear new music from this band that at the same time I also was never like... The Real biggest. hard for, yeah. Well, the thing is like, I, I mean, I liked American football when I was younger, but like, I was into Owen. Like, I got into yeah. American football because I liked Owen so much so that when American football came back, I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, it wasn't like, oh shit, American football's back. Right. What was the Owen record we all, everybody just loved? What was I mean, that record? I, I do perceive as prob. I mean, that's my favorite. At Home uh, With is also. At Home With is the one. I mean, I was like four or five Owen records are pretty phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I, I remember I, that At Home With record, like when that hit, it was like on the same level of like when Suicide Medicine from Rocky Votolato came out, where like just everybody was like, this is the record. Mm-hmm. And I just, Uh I I love the fact too, where it's like, I mean, from what I can tell about Mike Kinsella is that he, I mean, not only is he a lifer, uh, but just the fact that he can reap the benefits for, you know, helping, you know, start this whole Midwest emo scene and then being like, oh yeah, like now I'm an adult and I can, you know, get, I I can not only get the recognition that I deserve, not like he was asking for it or looking for it, but then it got bestowed on him and it's like, oh yeah, now you can, you know, give a good living for your family. Good job, dude. Yep. It's awesome. Good job by you. Yeah. Number two, I'm going to throw it to you, Jeremy. Hey, guys. It's Jack O'Brien, co-founder of Crack.com, and I host a twice-daily news and culture podcast with the funniest person I know, Miles Gray. What an honor. Uh, it's what an true, honor. Miles. Please, tell, Please tell them more about how hilarious I am. Don't tell them about my background in politics as a political operative or anything like that. Just keep going on about the funny. I wasn't going to. Okay, that's fine. Guys, you can come get caught up on what is happening without feeling the life drain out of your soul at the Daily Zeitgeist. You can find us on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are given away for free uh big thief <laughs> i've heard uh, of them 
UFOF. Um, what made you decide that this one higher? I listened to them both back to back yesterday, and I said, yes, this one has more songs that I like. Got it. Um, I think that the first one, yo, I'll say this too. For a band to put out two records in one year, that is fucking Jeremy deterrent. And, and, yeah, and, and especially how many songs on each record. Like, it's a lot. And yeah. how many solo records has she put out? A few. Yeah. It's just like so much music in such a short period of time. Yeah. I mean, yo, at that, at the observatory show, she played a new song. I was just like, damn, dude, you are, (laughs) I filed that under must be nice. Cause (laughs) fucking, I hate writing songs. It's my least favorite goddamn thing on earth. So for someone to just be able to keep doing it is so cool. So, um, and the song they played was, she played was unreal. Um, so yeah, this record, I just, I think it, I fell victim to when it came out. I think it got best new music on Pitchfork and they're a band I'd always heard of. Uh, Matt from the national made a comment on stage, like calling them the best band on earth. So I was like, okay, Matt likes them. Um, Pitchfork gave best new music. Maybe it's time I give this band a chance or, or this will, or this will weigh out. Like you're like, Oh, I listen yeah. to Matt Pitchfork. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. 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 So I, and it's not like I'm like someone who like is taking pitchfork reviews as gospel. They've definitely made zero errors, made zero errors. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I listened to the record and I immediately was down where opposite of Joey, where like by track three, I was like, holy shit, I love this. (laughs) Joey turned it off. Uh, yeah, no, I'm going to make you a playlist because yeah, yeah, Um, I, I definitely didn't come in like, uh, because I didn't come into any baggage with this record, like I didn't have any preconceived notions. It was just like, oh, I had heard enough positive things just anecdotally, not from any one like entity, you know, press or, you know, uh, it was just friends saying it. And so yeah. walking into it, I definitely was like, oh yeah, just listening to it. And I was like, oh wow, this I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's really fucking good. I, I like this band a whole lot. And uh, now it's made me appreciate their earlier stuff. It's funny. I When you look at their Spotify, they have like, they have some song from an earlier record that has like many more millions than any other song, which I'm like, what TV like, show is this song on or something? You know, yeah. it was just on every playlist. Yeah. And uh, so when I saw them, uh, they didn't do an encore and they didn't play that song. And the audience refused to walk away. Like, the band was like they were packing up the stage and they just stood there, <laughs> which made me like them even more. Strong move, strong move. That's and then a couple days later, the singer made like an Instagram post saying, Hey, listen, we're trying to do different sets every single night, and some nights we feel like doing an encore, and some nights we don't. And if we don't play the song you want to hear, uh, I hope you understand that maybe it just wasn't the right time. And I was like, awesome yep fucking awesome so yeah i ride for this band right how how about how about band uh you do what you want to do you know how about yeah. you <laughs> Love absolutely that. can't please everybody and you know if you want to do different sets every night like that's awesome cool you have enough material now that's for sure yeah absolutely yeah just uh, just this year <laughs> yeah so who hasn't done a number two me joey joey 
So my number two, I will preface by saying, could have easily been my number one. That was my dog. <laughs> I was like, I was like, wow. She's giving me the death glare right now. Okay, Joey, say it. I'm gonna go grab her. Say it. What is your number two? Um, uh, well, my number two is Wise Blood, Titanic Rising. Oh, uh, not heard. I feel like you would be all over this record. Cannot wait. Um, it's, and it's one of those things where like, is this record better than my number one? Yeah, probably. It's probably a better record, but I, I just, I like the, my number one more, but it, it could have, it was like one, a one B kind of thing. I immediately bought this record. Uh, I ordered it, um, after we talked in Boston about it and I've listened to it and I think it's good. It didn't make my list cause I just haven't spent enough time with it, but the the song movies is unbelievable. I mean, it's just, it's such a wild record. Like, and it's, it's not a cover of the alien and farm song movies, right? Shockingly. It's not shockingly, <laughs> which I would love to hear her cover that, to be honest. Um, <laughs> it's, it's just a woman. Her name's what's her name? Uh, Natalie Maring. And this is like her project. Um, she's put out a few records that I have not listened to. Um, I have is not got back. Is this the only wise blood record you own? Yes. Okay. A baby just walked in the room. Oh, God. Hi, baby. <laughs> Good night, baby. Edit that out. Um, uh, no, we're keeping all of that. Please. Um, uh, it's like her voice kind of reminds me of Karen Carpenter. And, but like musically, of like almost like ELO, if ELO was like an indie rock band. <laughs> Dude, what a There's wild some, description. Oh, it gets better. There's times where it reminds me of Diane Dane from that thing you do, where it's almost like lounge singer esque, but like, <laughs> what? Oh my gosh! I yeah, I love it. There, there's so much weird stuff to this record. Um, I love it. It's so good. Would you it, be offended if I said it reminds me a lot of musically Father John Misty? I mean, both on Sub Pop seems seems fitting. Yeah. I can I can see that. Like musically, it's like, yeah, because like you can't really fully define Father John Misty's sound because like, yeah, like so much instrumentation and like some songs are kind of country ish and some songs are kind of pop. Like that's that's how I felt about this record. And it, but it, like the way the whole record flows together so well that like it's just it's great. I mean, the cover art's incredible. They built a bedroom underwater in a pool and she looked and they took like pictures of her in this room. It's it's just so cool. Um I saw her open Casey Musgraves at like, you know, a 5,000 cap, uh, seated amphitheater. And it's like, you know, not the easiest person to open for. Like, you know, there's a bunch of like teeny boppers there and like country, country musicians and like people paid attention. And I feel like that says a lot for what she's able to do. And I mean, it was incredible from the only time, the only time I saw her was at this show. And it was like, wow, that's yeah. You know, for you, for you to be a, like, I mean, you obviously you were there. I mean, I, to see like both of the, I, I know I'm sorry, but, but, uh, but, like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it was like I, when they, cause they didn't announce support. And when it was announced that she was support, it was like, Oh fuck, this is so much better now. Um, but this record, I mean, this is, this record's incredible and highly, highly recommend everyone to listen to it. Um, yeah. Front to back. It's great front to back side listen. to I think side would, i think you would enjoy it ray okay i look forward to it I it's did. like atmospheric at times i don't know it's got like it's great it's so good um it is very good like uh, this dog's tongue hanging out of her mouth because she's <laughs> hungry 
I love uh, uh, is, it, is it time for my number one? Heck yeah, dude. Knock it out of the park. We are there. <laughs> Melissa, you're going to love this. Um, Listen up. Listen up, Melissa. My number one and knocking Australia off the number one spot after three years. I was going to say, <laughs> you are like, yeah, you're loving down under. Vegemite. Uh, <laughs> uh, my number one is Charlie Bliss, Young Enough. I, uh, there's no way this was not going to be your number one. No. And like, that's the thing is like, I started thinking about it in wise blood. And it was just like, I listen to that Charlie Bliss record still almost every day. I love this record so much. Uh, it's the first record that my five-year-old Everett enjoyed like on his own. Like he, he's like, like Disney songs and stuff. He likes Panic the Disco, but who doesn't? Um, <coughs> two people. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, but, uh, I would listen to the record in the car and he, like we put on panic because we we're like, Oh, you'll like this. You know, it's fun and poppy. But I listened to Charlie bliss just on my own. And he was like, dad, what is this? And would kept wanting to listen to it. We took him to see Charlie bliss in LA. Like it was his first show or I guess second show, but like, like I'll forever have a connection to this record because of that. But it's also just incredibly fun. It's super catchy. Um, yeah, I love it so much. And like you said, there's no way this couldn't be my number one record. Um, yeah. And it made me go. It's funny. I never really listened to the first record and then went back. And that record is also great. This band is very good. Does your son embrace the first record? He does like it. Not as much as, as this one. Sure. Uh, he's not, but, he's not like the first seven inches better. No, he's, <laughs> he hasn't developed that attitude yet. He's kind of a poser. <laughs> yeah, um, it's fine. Does this Charlie Bliss? kind of sounds like Weezer, right? Yeah, it's like, I mean, it's super just like, like, power poppy, like, Real they're one of those bands where like, they're, you know, they get lumped into like, oh, they're an indie rock band, it's like, no, they're a, they're a pop punk band, like, let's, let's call it what it is. Oh, what it is, yeah. But like, you know, the press loves them, so they're, you know, but like, they tour Canada with pup, kind of thing, but oh, then, wow. um, and yeah, they, they totally, it's like, they yeah, them, like they could totally, you know, they could totally tour with the Menzingers and like, that would be sick. But then they did like last year or no earlier, well, this year, last year, they, they toured with Death Cab in the U.S. So like, they, if they were to headline, where would they play? Um, here, I mean, we saw them at the Lodge Room in L.A. And wow. I think it was sold out or close to sold out and they sold out the Sinclair in Boston. So anyway, okay. I went and saw them in Boston and then in the next like three weeks we were going to California. And in that time, Everett was like, Oh, this is my favorite thing in the world. So we bought, I mean, we bought tickets when we were in California and he sat on a stool, made it through 10 songs and it loved it. It's awesome. Is, it a, is it a weird thing that your son and you now have the same favorite band? Um, no, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. No, it's, it's, you know, it's one of those, like, I would have assumed as a as a uh, as a parent that it would have taken a lot longer uh, for you to have an overlap in music taste with your uh, five year old. Yeah, yeah, no, it says a lot about me. I think that's what I say. Either it says a lot about him, or it says a lot about you. <laughs> He's super cool, and I'm just kind of lame. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, He's ahead of the curve. He's ahead of the curve, and you're behind yeah. the curve, or something. Yeah, he was at school. He's like, I was talking to my friends, and no one knew who Charlie Bliss or Eva was. Eva's the yeah. same. I was like, yeah, dude, like. You're five. They're like a, a small punk band that plays in like, <laughs> if, you're, if their parents go to shows, they're going to go to like TD garden or, you know, right. Yeah. Yeah. Real independent venues. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. I mean, I can only, I only see them just keep getting bigger and bigger and it's, it's awesome. And 
I look forward to what's next. Who put, nice. I, who put out the record? Uh, Barsook. Okay, that's right. That's right. Yeah, they will. They'll get bigger. That's cool. Um, yeah, I enjoy it. So that's my number one. Um, Ray. My number one record, there is no way that this record could not be number one. Uh, or it could not not be number one for me. It's the Bon Iver I, I record. In the same way that uh, Joey was saying, uh, you know, his uh, five-year-old son enjoys uh, Charlie Bliss. Like my, when the single started to come out for this record, we were, uh, I was listening to it in the car with my son and he started to like, you know, whatever, unprompted a couple weeks after we listened to it, just like was singing like the song, like walking around the house. And I was like, that's, that's weird. My son's singing Boney bear. Like that's, that's funny. He's like, can we listen to that? Hey ma song. I was like, sure. No problem. Um, he meant, Hey, ya. I know. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Oh, Hey, yeah. that's right. Sorry. Wrong, wrong song. Um, it, it's by far so much more catchier than the last record. Um, definitely. I mean, even though it's still pretty experimental, it's much more, um, streamlined when I saw, I saw him play the, uh, you know, a really small independent venue here in Los Angeles called the form. Um, I ask about that. It was, I, I could not even believe how like ambitious it was. Like I, I watched like he did like a 15 minute video on like his stage production before they went out on this tour and he was, uh, it was one of those things where just like watching the level of detail and thought they put into like these rotating lights and like the way that the light would reflect on it just, it was insane. And then watching it in action, I was like, oh my God, like you guys are, you know, in the same way that I think about the national where it's just like, you are next level. You're like, you're not a band anymore. You were like this insane musical project full with like insanely creative people firing on all cylinders and you sold out the form. It's like, what? That was my question. Like, can he, cause he played, you know, the TD garden here. And I was like, I mean, I didn't go, but I was like, that just seems really ambitious. Like is Bon Iver that big where he can sell out arenas? Yeah. No. And that, that's what I thought too, where I was like, I, I mean, it sold out like day of, you know, so like it walk, it walk up sold out, (laughs) but it was sold out. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, but it was just, it was crazy to, to watch something. So, um, you know, even though he is obviously like poppy and friendly, but something at the same time, so eccentric, be able to, you know, sell out an arena or come close to selling out, you know, if the label didn't, you know, buy 300 tickets the night of or whatever. But, uh, yeah, I just couldn't, I, I couldn't embrace this record more, listen to it, not as much as the American football P, but, um, loved it so much. So, and I, just the fact too, that he, Justin Vernon seems like the coolest dude to hang out with, where it's just like a guy that's like, Hey man, you want to play some basketball? Or it's like, uh, Hey, you just want to like hang out and, you know, write some music. Um, he, you know, owns a compound up in, uh, you know, upper Wisconsin or whatever, where he just like hangs out with his friends and writes music. I'm just like, that's, that's what you want to do, man. You do you. Way to go, it's Justin. Like, I have not heard a single note from this record. Okay. So, and it's like, I, I like all the other Bonavere stuff. His last record made my top 10. Yeah. And it was almost like, in the same, same but different as like Tallest Man on Earth, it was just like, I don't need another Bonavere record right now. Okay. So yeah. There needs, is there a phrase for this syndrome? You know what I'm saying? Like, what, like, what is it? Because I, this happens to all of us. Yeah, it's a, it is a good question. I like there, there's something that is happening in all of our brains that makes us say, I like this artist. 
I don't give a fuck right now. Yeah, like pre- Which press press pause. Yeah, press pause on this. Don't release any more records this year, next year, but maybe in 2022 I'll be ready or whatever. Like some yeah. and, mythical And I'll date. say as someone who to someone who owns a record label, Joey, and to someone who makes music and podcasts and everything like that, like and and all that like it's an artist. It's it's our biggest nightmares to have those people. Like, oh yeah, that freaks me out because I'm sure whenever we put out our next record, there's people that are going to be like, stage four was entirely too much for me. I don't, I don't, I don't know that I have it in me to listen to another record, which I'm sure is going to happen. Like, you know, all of these things are are that's a very real thing to feel. So. It's yeah. From an artist standpoint, it's scary. And then as a listener, I deserve to have that happen to me because I've done this to other artists now. You know what I'm saying? It's an interesting thing. I wonder what we can classify this thing as. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, as we always joke around, I think we are for sure the musical minority just because we pay attention to such, you know, so many different styles music. We do. And we pay, and we've paid attention to music for so long that I think that, we do um, because we listen to so much random stuff across so many different genres and I'm not saying that like, Oh, we're better because of this, but it's like, you know, pe- like whatever your average person is going to like like 10 bands or whatever, you know? So their aptitude or tolerance <laughs> for more music coming out is more palatable. Whereas like us, like we, there's this uh, constant turnover. Um, I don't know. I'm just thinking out loud, but like, I, I, I would imagine that has to do something with it where it's like, there's only so many artists like the national or Bon Iver or whoever that stick in our brains where we continue to have a tolerance for, for releasing more music and checking out more records. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's interesting. And it's like, I mean, it's like a band like Jimmy Earl, I think is a good example where like Jimmy, Jimmy world could release two records in a year. And I'd be like, Oh, that's fucking tight. Give me more Jimmy world. Whereas like, Big Thief, a band I don't really care about. I'm like, oh, two records. Like, who are they? Like, pretentious much? And it's yeah. like, it's just, yeah, it's weird. I mean, when Beach House put out two records in the same year, I was already lukewarm on Beach House. Or yeah, it was the same it day, was the same right? Day. Was it? I think it was. Same day? I, I don't believe that. I, I, uh, Maybe I'm wrong. You're there wrong. Short, I, mean, I don't Brad know. Two on the same day. There was one. I know that. There was one they released, the Thank You Lucky Stars and Depressing Cherry were in the same year. But the Thank You Lucky Stars, I think, was more, um, it wasn't the same day, but same year. Okay. Yeah, you're probably that, I mean, that to me was like, was like, I, I just don't, oh yeah, they were like two months apart from one another. And I was like, I am already lukewarm on this band as it is. Like, I like songs, but I don't like full albums. And I was like, that's just, I'm just out. Much. Yeah. And I think I own them because I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> but uh, for buying the records. Yeah, exactly. Yo, actually, that being said, we're that we're the fucking best because no matter what, even if we're not listening to shit, we're still buying it. We're still pre ordering. Yeah, 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 absolutely. It's like it's fine. Yeah. It's it's part like we know that eventually maybe that maybe that is what we do. We're like we know at some point these records will yeah, have an impact. To it. Yeah, yeah. Like we're and they, they need to be readily accessible for us. Well, it's like yeah. this year's been weird because like I've really stripped down, come down. I'm like not buying doubles anymore. I sold most of my doubles. Like I just don't, I don't need them. But like, I mean, I have two copies, two different versions of the better oblivion record, two versions of the wise blood record. I guess that's it. But like, I don't do that anymore. And yet I, I did it like 
you know, I've done it at least twice this year. There are, um, st- there are still LP, like so my top 10 records. There are LPs, like I would say a good four or five of them that I haven't bought the LP yet. And for no, for no, for no other reason where I, because I, I guess I'm not a, uh, I'm not as panicked to get like the, you know, most limited color or whatever. Cause a lot of them I'm just like, Oh, like I'm either, you know, I'm going to see Cult of Luna next March. So I'm just like, Oh yeah, I'll just get it at the show. And it's like with a lot of these records, like the most limited colors, just like an indie exclusive, which means there's just a fuck ton of them anyways. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's like limited, <laughs> limited to 3000 where I'm just like, okay, I'll eventually get it. Cool. Like, and if you don't, it's like, oh, oh well. Yeah. yeah. But you no, know, I have I have every record of mine on vinyl except for the Colleen Green because it's not on vinyl. But I do have it on tape, still sealed because I don't have a tape player. Yeah. Why are you buying <laughs> tapes, dude? Jeez Louise. Anyway, well, all right. That that is my number one, Bon Iver, Jeremy. In in our in our year in in our decade of lists, with so much suspense. One. What could it be, Jeremy? What could it be? I, I have I no mean, idea. This is the least. This is the I, most anticlimactic I, thing in the entire world. I should have gone to you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who, who could have guessed that it's better Oblivion <laughs> Center? Um, I fucking love this record. I listen to it constantly still since the day it came out till to na- till now. It gives me. It's that. It it's a perfect holdover for a new Connor record and a new Phoebe record. Um, there's not a song on it. I just like there's songs that lyrically are, uh, very impactful and very like have been a bit of an influence for me in, in different ways, uh, for our next record. Um, I just, yeah, I, I think it's a perfect album and got to see him twice on it. Uh, they covered the replacements both the times they played. I was like, this is just the most for me shit possible. <laughs> did, um, did you, where was the second time you saw him? Did you go to the, uh, Wilton show? I went to the Wilton and I saw them at Terragram before that. Yeah. How was it like a bigger room? Do they like the Sold same out, crushed same show? Or do they like, well, they, <laughs> you could tell that they, it was like, I think it was their last show as better but like i think that was the last show of the tour because it was they had like a big it just seemed like a big like kind of a thing send off yeah yeah, they uh (laughs) they um which was which was i'm sure an inside joke between all of them um but they played they opened the set with dylan thomas and played it twice in a row (laughs) which you could tell you like with their all all their sense of humor you can tell they were like Let's just do it and see if anyone notices. And they, and I was like, because it got to the point where I was like, they started this again. And yeah, so I thought I found that to be quite funny. Um, but yeah, playing Bright Eye songs and Phoebe songs, like different renditions of them and oh, whatever. I, I love the record. I think it's so fucking good. Uh, so yeah, that's my number one. Um, but here's where I'm going to change things up. I'm going to, th- I threw you guys for a loop. I left this. I'm, I'm building the suspense. I'm doing something new and unprecedented that we've never done before on this podcast. Here oh we go. my gosh. I love this. Bring it on. I have a number zero. <laughs> <laughs> what? What is, what does that even mean? I'll tell you what it means. This is a better record or it's an album by an artist that is better than any other artist I ever know, mentioned. I know where we're going. Okay. Leonard Cohen. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for the dance. How am I going to not put this on yeah. my list? Yeah. It's one of those things where like I had my list and I was like, 
this Leonard Cohen record came out just recently. It's songs that his son put together uh, that were basically a lot of the songs kind of just seem like him reciting poems from his last book because the first song on the record is the f- first poem from the yeah, like they're both like posthumous, you know, releases. Uh, but members of the National, I even think Bonnie Var, maybe all had a hand in putting together mu- the music for this record. Uh, it has a bunch of different collaborators on it. Uh, but um, if you're looking to hear some intense, beautiful songs, this is it for you. Um, so, yeah, my number zero. The Leonard Cohen record, the most on-brand shit possible for me. Um, it's pretty good, but uh, it's be- yeah, it's better than anything else that's going to come out for the next uh, rest of music because the man is dead. So there, there you, you go. go. That's that's the exclamation point. I love it. And it was yeah. just, maybe it was good saving it. Uh, you for last. There we go. It's true. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I I, I didn't have a number zero. Yeah, I was gonna wait for whoever did their number one, and then when we were gonna wrap it up, I was gonna just. You know, slide, I know, it, slide it in there. Announce that I've done something new. Yep. Uh, but yeah, uh, I don't know if either of you listened to that at all, but um, you should listen to definitely at least the first song because it will fuck you up. It's so good. Okay. Can't yeah. wait. I, lo- I, I love to be uh, just absolutely devastated. <laughs> it's, man, the first single that they put out for it was. Uh, it's just again it's a poem but it's like i think it's like a one minute long and it's just it sounds like music from his first couple records which is just really stripped down sort of uh just acoustic whatever but uh the lyrics to it especially knowing how he passed away and all that sort of stuff it fucking it hits you it's real good it's real good and i have friends that were never much into leonard cohen that i've seen posting like in their stories that they're listening to this record and i was like yeah that's converters yeah converters. it's my team right there that's awesome uh, so there you go there we go another another list and we have done that way to go yeah. guys what do you have you guys even thought about trying to do like a decade no thing? i no right that's a like, lot doing, i'm like i'm like honestly like it's the quickest way to make me feel like I forgot things and people doing like a top 50 of the decade. I'm like, I don't have time, you know, like, like how it's going to be like 75% is going to be the last two or three years. Yeah. You're, like, you're always going to have a recency bias. And that's uh, why I think the revisits that we do the 10 years after is way more important than a best of the decade. That's just no. Yeah. Yeah. So, and again, I, I always get a kind of dickheaded is where I'm like, when you put a record as number 46, like, why is a record 46 so much better than the record that's 45? Yeah. Like, how do you, or you even 34? Really yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. You really give a shit. No. So it's all our, it's all arbitrary and useless. So it's, it's clickbait. Yeah. Yep. Just like this podcast. Boom. It's like this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you, gentlemen. As always, it's just it's it's my honor and privilege to serve alongside of you in the the music and podcast universe. Yeah, same. <laughs> I look forward to next year. Absolutely. 
Hi, I'm Esther Dean. I've made my life by writing songs like Fireworks by Katy Perry, Super Bass by Nicki Minaj, What's My Name by Rihanna, just to name a few. And now I'm having an absolute blast sharing some of the knowledge that I've learned with upcoming songwriters on Songland on NBC. I'm excited to welcome you to a brand new season of Songland and Songland's podcast, giving you new insight into the magical art of songwriting as told by some of the best in the business and also the pioneers and the up-and-comers who will be shaping the hits you'll be listening to for years. We have an amazing roster of talent this season. I promise you, you don't want to miss one single episode. Don't miss Songland, Monday nights at 10, 9 central, and join us here on Songland's podcast, available every week after the show on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts.